People make me feel old because they're all surprised that I know so much about Korea, which I honestly don't, yeah. not yet. And, and they say, oh, you're an Ajossi, and you know, you're <laughs> a professor, an expert. I'm like, no, I'm just a, a guy who's curious about Korea. They don't call you something, Nim? No, not yet. <laughs> that comes with age, I think, sometimes. Uh -huh. That's just an old person as well. They, they give the whole something, Nim thing. Maybe if I wear this hat? Yeah. But they always guess my age much higher than the actual age, like 36, 37, yeah. because I'm bald. That's not too bad though. Like they're only five or six years. They're only five years out. That's, only that's five, but on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But somebody said to me the other day because throughout like the time here, I've had Nicolas Cage and things like that. I think it's like the droopy eyes, right? I like Nicolas day. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, darling. Um, but somebody, somebody said to me the other day, uh, Professor. You look like Bill Gates. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ. That's not a compliment. Like, I, I don't think, think they have seen Bill Gates these days. <laughs> no, no. But that, that made me realize I'm really getting old, especially when the students, like, they're young adults, but the university, I've got about 350 every semester. And, but they come to me like for, like as a father figure now, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not like to chill on a level. They're like, what shall I do with my career? Right, right, right. Yeah. They try to break the ice with you. They try to break the ice, but I think genuinely sometimes they want help and things <laughs> like that. But they call me Dyson Fury. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd do well in a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> You're not too happy about that. <laughs> but over here, they're not too afraid to talk about what you look like. Uh, have you noticed that? Do you get that? They'll, they'll always tell me, oh, David, you look tired or this. They'll comment straight away. It's interesting. Uh, most people I talk to in the street, they're very reserved when it comes to uh, sex and, and uh, drugs and all the other like politics, politics yeah. for example. But when it comes to your appearance mm. in your face. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met an Ajuma the other week and she was like, How old are you? I said, 31. And do you have children? I said, No. Why the hell don't you have children? Go <laughs> yeah. back home. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with <laughs> you? Dive in that bed. They are a bit like that. I've had people stroke my arm hair. Oh, yeah. Like in summer, they're like, Are you a hippie? And things like <laughs> this. And But they're very, th re you're right. They, they won't talk about politics very easily. Uh -huh. They shut down a bit on that, you know. Yeah. But appearance, they're all at it. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I get used to it. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. It's, it's funny. I think it helps because I would imagine that we generally get, apart from the Bill Gates stuff, obviously, but we generally get positive comments. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, beauty that goes on here. And if you're reasonably good looking, you know, you're a handsome fella, you're tall, you're in shape, you probably get a lot of the good comments rather than the ones that... No, <laughs> no, no, not always. Because I am bold. And being bold in Korea, it's somehow uh, a, a topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing, especially when I was uh, teaching children a long time ago. Mm. Um, they all made fun of me. <laughs> they all made fun of me. <laughs> what did they call you, Bart? <laughs> oh, no, they, they always ask me, why yeah. are you bold? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, it's. <laughs> why did you choose? Yeah, why did you choose to be bold, Bart? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wasn't. I, I, I like myself being bold, but in Korea, suddenly it becomes an issue again. Yeah. They make me think about myself again. Yeah. In the Netherlands, it was so normal. Nobody ever asked me that question. But right. in Korea, people ask me those questions. And I'm like, okay, do I look weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you question yourself. And how would you look different? How much is Korea influencing style choices and things like this? I think about that all the time. Like, they do. What would I look like if I lived the past 20 years in England? 
I, I bet I wouldn't look like this. I a hoodie. Uh, <laughs> like a chab. <laughs> yeah. Do you have chabs in the Netherlands? No, no. <laughs> Do you know what chabs are? Is, isn't that the, 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 the sport uh, yeah, wear? Yeah, they it? stand outside the supermarket yeah. smoking cigarettes. Or it might. Like. We call them hangyuf in the Netherlands. Hangyuf, okay. A literal translation. Yeah. Hangjongere. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we don't like that, but they exist. <laughs> I would like you don't get chabs in Korea too much, do you? Have you seen any chabs in the dongs and your travels? No, I have never. I'm I'm, all, I'm really happy when I see young people on the street, yeah. just being on the street. Yeah, well, you don't see it, never ever. <laughs> um, and most people just are so in their own world, looking at their yeah. phones. Yeah, and that's why I always talk to the older generations in Korea. And they've got some stories to tell about the young people on the street. I sometimes joke that you know one of the reasons why drugs aren't a really big problem here is if you went up to a young teenager and said, hey, do you want to smoke a joint? They'd say, I can't, I've got to go to math hagwon, and then I've got to go to science hagwon, and then I've got to go to piano. He's like, I'm busy, man. I don't have time to, to be in a gang or do drugs or something like that, because they're morning to night, and you do see them, but you see them out on the street, like 10 o'clock in school uniforms. Even at 12, right. midnight, even after that. Because you did Dechi Dong as one of your dongs, didn't yeah. you? Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of, I mean, from my own Western uh, Dutch perspective, that yeah. was one of the most shocking stories I've ever heard. Yeah. Because it's intense. <laughs> it is intense. One of the students, they show me one of those study books and mm. her boyfriend studied literally 12 hours every day. Yeah. It's not human in my opinion. But they do, and, and they accept it. And it's just what they do. And I'm used to like kids going to bed early. Mm -hmm. Like kids in bed, like off the streets and you'd be in bed like nine o'clock. But here they're still studying. I, I remember when I was young and I did everything to not study. <laughs> yes. After school, it yeah. was playtime. Yeah, you go out, play football, play cricket. And <laughs> the only people that had to study extra were the kids that were a bit behind. Like yes. if you're a bit behind, you'd have to do some catch up or, or, or take a tutor or something. But over here, it's like everybody does it. And the smart kids do it more than ever. They do, they do. Mm. And, and the word hakwon oh. is something that doesn't exist in the Netherlands. No, like, no, no. We don't know the concept of after school education no. for fun. Right. Or just for extra or just to fill up the gaps in, in your free spare time. I, mm. I don't know. We, we don't really know that. Not that I remember. I don't know how it is these days. No, I, I, I sometimes, like you were saying, I lose track of what's going on back home because I become so focused on here that sometimes it's hard to know. I, I, I just wonder, Bart, just to like bring this back, to oh, just yeah. say <laughs> who you are. Because what I love about this is I'm curious if people recognize you when you walk around that I've been coming to this new studio with this new place and... Uh, I had a PhD student from Yonsei as my last guest, and, and she is a, a pole dance instructor and a yoga teacher. And she came in, in full makeup and she, she looked gorgeous, right? Uh -huh. She looked like that. And because I've always had these like old halibodies coming in to talk <laughs> about history, and the, 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 the subject of the owner, he just was like, What's your Instagram? <laughs> and he got her Instagram to promote the podcast before mine. <laughs> and then when I tell him you're coming here, he's like, right, you can go in the new studio. Uh -huh. And he turns up and you've got to sign books for him. Doors open. The doors open. <laughs> Who are you, Bart, that makes this so amazing? Because I'm meeting you for the first time today. And I feel I, like I, I know it. you already. I don't no, know why. It's nice. Um, I asked myself that question already for a long time. Who am I? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting closer to myself yeah. last year. So I'm from the Netherlands. I came to Korea uh, for the first time in 2014. Yeah. I studied level one Korean at Songyukwan University. Mm. Nothing special, three months, went back to the Netherlands, uh, did some work, was bored, mm. and then I wanted to travel through Asia. Yeah. And I was young and I was a little bit uncomfortable traveling by myself, so I wanted to start in a country that I knew, mm. which was Korea. Mm. So I came back 
and I had the best time of my life. Soju. Yeah. Makuli, Makju. Yeah. <laughs> I was young and um, so did the whole trip. And after six months, I didn't want to go back to the Netherlands. Mm. So I decided to go back to Korea for a few extra months. Mm. And then I met my wife. Mm. And that's why I'm here. I'm still here. And now I'm a full-time YouTuber. Full-time YouTuber. A full-time YouTuber. Tell me about the boozing. We were talking about that before we started. You were sexy green. Yeah, yeah. And your first video was just you lined up with soju bottles. Uh, that was such a stupid idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I, I had a business plan. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to start a business in Korea. I wanted to do something so I could stay longer. Yeah. And I, I was living in an octapong, a rooftop home in Hapchung. Oh, wow. Looked around me that and I saw nice. it was really nice. Yeah. Cold in winter, super hot in summer, but... I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, drink a coffee on the balcony, see the Han River. But I saw all those empty rooftops. Yeah. And I, I thought, nah, somebody should sell some plants and you know mm. something green to those already green rooftops. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how I wanted to start my own business. Mm. But to promote that whole idea, I started a YouTube channel. Mm. And to make, I don't know, to make people... Uh, know about my intentions i wanted some green in the name mm -hmm. but not make it too boring yeah so i added sexy to it <laughs> because i was also very much into soju yeah and the soju bottles most of them are green yeah not so much uh, these days they often have sexy girls on the, they would have hyori back in the day everything was sexy about yeah. it yeah yeah uh, and you can recycle them and most people don't know that if mm. you bring them back to the convenience store you get 101 for each bottle. It's not bad. So it's like, yeah, I guess a good first story to talk about the environment. <laughs> so when you drink, what are you doing? I'm earning money. Hang on, I've got to finish this one. I'm earning money. That's exactly what I did. It's really cheap as well, though. It is too cheap, if you ask me. It should be illegal. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, because we make... Um, no, we're not going that... That's going to be too controversial if I start talking about this. But okay. Let's say uh, marijuana is, is yeah. illegal in the Netherlands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here it's illegal, but everyone drinks soju. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the other extreme yeah. when it comes to alcohol. You know, it's illegal for Koreans to smoke in the Netherlands as well. They bring their own laws. Yeah, it's fascinating that because if I, you know, it's, it's illegal in the UK where I'm from, mm -hmm. but it, it's kind of everywhere on the university campuses and things like this. But when we go to the Netherlands, if we go to Colorado, things like this, it's like game on. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. And, and that's, you're probably sick of the British going <laughs> over to the Netherlands <laughs> with the stag do's and the Barbie army. But, uh, but it's not like that for the Koreans, no matter where they go. Yeah, I know. No demacho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not sure if they, if they stick to the law, but <sighs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, I know, it's good for the economy. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to America on a honeymoon with my yeah. wife last year to San Francisco. Yeah. And as a Dutch person, I was shocked about the amount of marijuana I could smell on the streets mm, everywhere. Mm, mm. Even my taxi driver was smoking while driving. I was like, wow, that, that is the other extreme. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the soju bottles. Can you drink a lot and you have a high tolerance? I used to have. Yeah. I think four or five bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was easy. Not anymore. <laughs> but it was funny because Chom Chodom, they yeah. noticed my videos and said, hey, Bart, uh, we're so happy that you're drinking our brand because wow. I love Chom Chodom more than Chom Misul at that time. What was the difference? What was the... It's a bit softer. Okay. Like okay. more Budorobke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I could drink more of the Chom Chodom. That's important. Uh, and they said, okay, we're going to send you uh, 100 free bottles of soju. <laughs> wow. The fast lane to become an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got to drink them all on camera. Yeah. I, yeah, on camera, off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the video I made after this, I, 
after that was uh, I made a Christmas tree mm -hmm. out of the soju bottles. <laughs> so I think we had one month to finish those bottles, me and my wife. Yeah. So we could make the Christmas tree. Wow. Anyway, it was all a little bit of uh, a joke, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, are you big on the Andrew, the side dishes when you drink? Nah, for the first yeah. round, yes. Yeah. But when we go to the second round, I'd rather just drink. Yeah. Have okay. some peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so peanuts. Are yeah, okay, yeah, peanuts. That, that'll do, yeah. Yeah, but not the, the Korean way of Andrew. No, they want to put down a whole plate or something like that. But with soju, I find something normally to chase it. I was. Beer. Beer. <laughs> I, I got really fat when I was doing my PhD because I was drinking too much and spending a lot of time. And so I decided that I would, you know, I have quite a high tolerance. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can put it away. And um, so I decided to switch to soju because I thought it would be better than beer for my gut. And I, I could put through sort of four or five bottles, but then I started getting even fatter, Bart. Have you checked the calories on the soju bottle label? 500, something like that, it's isn't it? It's great. It's a Big Mac. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. This is like five Big Macs every <laughs> night. I was like, why am I getting so fat? Yeah, plus the anju. Yeah, yeah the pe even peanuts. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. What do you make about the drinking culture here? Because I came from uh, from the UK, and of course, we, we sort of get blottoed, but... Um, we get very drunk, but there was this idea that you weren't allowed to sleep in nightclubs or things like that. The bouncers would chuck you out. And I came to Korea and you just see people sort of like they were asleep on the table. And did you notice anything in the drinking culture here? I, I noticed that a lot. Mm. Uh, I, in the Netherlands, we have a really strong drinking culture. Yeah. If you go out with friends and you're that only person who doesn't want to drink, they kind of bully you. They make fun of you. They make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, the group effect and they pull you in and you start drinking. Yeah. I, I'm very used to that. I'm from the countryside. So we all uh, we call ourselves farmers <laughs> we like to drink and and be stupid yeah. uh, and and korea i felt that it's very much the same mm. it's almost more appreciated when you drink than when you don't drink mm. you, you you get easy uh how do you say it you, you like earlier we said that we kind of really talk about politics always or or sex or drugs but mm. when you start drinking and people get a little bit of drunk you can suddenly talk about everything yeah it breaks the ice easily yeah uh, it's good for business meetings I feel comfortable in this environment. Mm -hmm. I, I do have to drink a lot less. I'm drinking a lot less because, mm -hmm. like you, I gained a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something I appreciate about the Korean culture somehow. Yeah, I know it's not good. Alcohol is not good, but no, but it, it's different. It's just the way they do things, and I, I like it. I feel very comfortable, and it's because day-to-day -day society can be very like it can be very stiff it can be very formal you know you have these bows and you have these honorific titles and all this going and when you get drunk it's just like let's go and you can call you can call your boss an asshole and fall over and knock the table but as long as you're there the next day it, it's kind of all right sometimes they, they it's safe they, uh, enough for that too right yeah 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 uh, in amsterdam you will get robbed if you're are drunk and you're on the street yep. you're knocked out and yep. you're alone and people will check if you have a phone on you or your wallet right. they're, they're not going to help no but in korea not sure if they help you in korea but at least <laughs> they leave you alone they leave you alone <laughs> and it's pretty safe yeah it yeah. is but i i also lo like the whole game the, the cultural game like those little <laughs> rules of pouring the glass for someone else yeah. uh, having yeah. respect for the elderly at the table yeah. it, it just makes it you have something to do, even if you don't have something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And it also it helps with communication, I yeah. find, because, you know, if you're not perfect at Korean or people are not perfect at English or Dutch, mm -hmm. get a few sojus or things like that in and it's game on. Everybody understands each other all of a sudden. Did you see that one where uh, you're not meant to pour your own drink, but if somebody's pouring their drink for themselves, you just kind of hold your finger up like that I for do that them. too. Yeah, it's a It's a one. weird habit. I do it even with my foreign friends when they come to Korea. I'm like... <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> I've got this, 
I, I don't have a drink because I have my car outside and I feel very self-conscious about it now. But I have this habit, if I choose someone, before I drink it, I tap it on the table. It's just this thing that's been with me for years. So if we went cheers, I'd a bit there. Is that an English thing? No, I, th I, I think I got it from a uh, Puerto Rican American staff sergeant called Mike Lugo. His nickname was Mudflap. We played, we played music together for a long time. And he, he did it all the time. And you know, some things are just... Uh, contagious, uh -huh. and so, so I've done it for sort of 15 years. But now I drink with Korean people, and they're doing it as well. Everybody copies your behavior. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's just fun how you pick up little idiosyncrasies from each other. You, Do you look each other in the eyes when you cheers? Ah, uh, you're kind of meant to, aren't you? Yeah, you're meant to have a little bit. You shouldn't be too much like that, you know. But in Korea, if I do that, they're like, why are you looking in the eyes? It's so intimidating. <laughs> well, in the Netherlands, if you don't, yeah. seven years bad sex. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. I mean, I, I don't care like... about your sex life, but I care about mine. So. <laughs> Over here, they're like, what you looking in my eyes for? <laughs> I ain't got no candy for you. <laughs> Little wink. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, uh, the height of the glasses. You're meant to cheers them lower if they're higher rank. I forget about that one, always. No, no but that's a real one. So with my yeah. brother-in-law, who's older than me and... Lieutenant Colonel in the army, like I make sure my glass is lower than his. And sometimes I'll have a beer glass, I'll have a pint, and mm -hmm. he'll have a soju. And I still make sure my your glasses glass is lower on the rim. So when we clink, his one is always higher. Interesting. That 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 is a thing here. I, yeah. I don't think they mind after four or five, but certainly the first one or two. Yeah, I, I learned that in one of my YouTube videos because I cheers uh, with one of the Ajossis. Obviously, he was older than me. Yeah. So I was like, I came from above, <laughs> coming down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone in the comments, Bart, you were rude. You should come from below. And I didn't know. Yeah. And the whole, my whole body language was like, yo, we're having a good time. Yeah. But yeah, some people who watch it didn't like it. It's amazing seeing those videos or, or, or like when you just see a group of Western, they might not be Westerners, but foreigners, and they're like, let's be Korean, and they're pouring each other's drinks. And it's, it's just such a nice way to engage with the country. I think. It is. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So we go from drinking to, you're, you're probably most well known for your dong or your dong explorations. Does dong have the same connotation? Did you know what you were doing with that? I knew. Yes. Of, <laughs> of course I knew. Okay. Because okay. I don't like to take myself too serious all the time. I get that. I, it should be funny too. Yeah. Uh, but not always, not everyone gets the joke and, and some people, but you should change your name. Yeah. Because, you know, you know what it means right back in America or in other countries. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain it to somebody in Korea the other day and they were like, but why? <laughs> because it works on a couple of different levels, doesn't it? But they, it was just alien to them. Can you can you tell us about can you tell us about your welcome to my dong? Yeah. So um, I live in Seoul, yeah. and Seoul has four hundred sixty-seven smaller districts, like administrative districts. They are called dongs, mm. and in English we would say neighborhood. Yeah. Small neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and in this series, it's called Welcome to My Dong. I explore every neighborhood one by one, and I I try to kind of capture the vibe, the mm. bonigi, uh, the culture, the history, mm. the people, uh, not so much the food. There are many other creators who do that already, right. unless it's important for the story. And, and then by the end of every exploration, I go to my office and I painted the entire map of the city on my wall. Mm. I color the neighborhood that I've explored mm. and I, I give it a title, mm. a name, just something that I think uh, the neighborhood represents. And, and that's it. 467? 467. Last time I counted, 467. How many have you done? Is that 50? 60 now. 60 now, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to upload uh, number 60 this Sunday. Okay. Ite Wan Dong. It, oh, you, it's Ite Wan this Sunday? It's a big one. Wow. Is it an emotional one? Is it a big one? Are, are you giving um, away? It, it this is. This won't be out before Sunday. You're right. <laughs> no, no, I won't. It's okay. Um, 
it's it's emotional in a way because we talk about the Itaewon crush. Yeah. It's a quite a recent event, but it's it goes into the history books of Itaewon for, you know, for the coming uh, decades. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it has changed Itaewon. But also, uh, why did it happen in Itaewon is also important to mm. understand Itaewon. Why mm. is Halloween a big thing or was a big thing in right. Itaewon? It's all part of the video. I have four guides, uh, John Dunbar, you, yeah. you might know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, editor at the Korea Times. Uh, Joe from uh, the Dark Side of Soul. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Van... Valkenburg. Valkenburg. Excellent scholar. Yep, he's in the video. And Aaron Cosrow. Okay, uh, the uh, painter. Uh, the painter. He does amazing stuff. Uh, I love his art. Yeah. Yeah, so they all f there are four guides in the video. It's the first yeah. time I have four guides in the video. Yeah, wow, Because wow. it's ET1. So it's Itaewon. I was I was going to ask you, did you get any uh, of the of the gay, the transgender, the LGBT community? Because sometimes that's what a lot of people associate with Itaewon. You know? uh, yeah, and it's an important part of the story. Yeah. I try to get in touch with the community, yeah. but they are very careful. Uh, yeah. Because they yeah. can only lose coming in my video, like yeah. because it, it quickly becomes political yeah. and, and they become like an activist uh, kind of story. Mm. Um, so I, I try. I will be careful if they come in my videos, but. Yeah. I cannot protect them from my Korean audience. I get that. And Korea is still very conservative. This is a very sensitive subject to talk about. Mm. But through uh, Matt and, and Joe and, and John, mm. I managed to talk about it. Okay. About Hooker Hill. Yeah. Homo Hill. Yeah. We went to Grand Ole Opry. Okay. One of the, the <laughs> oldest uh, still live bars there. Mm. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It's an amazing place. It used to be, this is a bit sort of back in the day, Latin and Malia, but it used to be quite dangerous, Itaewon. It felt like you, I remember the first time I went there, somebody said, you're going into the belly of the beast now, David. Mm -hmm. And that image of it always kind of stayed with me because it was really kind of this rough and ready place. And it was something, it was a where anything could happen. And it felt very different from the rest of Korea. Mm -hmm. There was a very different vibe. And then I'm not sure exactly when it was, maybe it was... Uh, 2010 sometimes, but this amazing gentrification took place. Itaewon's quite nice now in places. It's got yep. these big bars and things like that. And a lot of techno clubs. A lot of a lot of techno clubs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My wife is into techno, and okay. she likes to go to Itaewon. Yeah. Um, I do like Itaewon. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah me too. It, it was not my first choice when I came to Korea. I was like, nah, let's do Itaewon later because yeah. I didn't come here to meet other foreigners. I All came right. here to see Korea. Mm. But now, uh, while doing the Dunk series, I learned that Itaewon is very much part of Korea's story as well, or Seoul's story. Yeah, yeah, you cannot yeah. leave it out. Right. It's, it's like, uh, so what I filled in in the map, it's a portal to the outside world. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. my conclusion, because mm. it basically is. Yeah. And it can be shut anytime something bad happens, like the outbreak during COVID, mm. the Itaewon crush, mm. uh, according to Matt, uh, HIV outbreak, yeah. uh, all things that have had an impact on Itaewon and, and Seoul. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I think it used to be the subway to Samgakji and you used to have to walk from Samgakji to Itaewon. There was no subway there. Uh -huh. People also talk about K-pop coming through Itaewon. That's where all the, the clubs were. And, uh, you know, um, Jay Chong, who was the guy from Solid, he was one of the first sort of pioneering K-pop acts, the same time as Sotiji. They were in the clubs down in Itaewon and there was like that cross mix between American music and Korean music, the electronica. Yeah. So some people even say like Itaewon is the home of K-pop as well. It's just the birth ground of the Hallyu. Yeah, yeah. The Korean yeah. wave. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll, we'll come on to Hallyu. So, you, Itaewon Dong is number 60. Yes. What are some of the other Dongs that stick out? Ooh. It's uh, a big, considering you've done 60, but where. where? I have so many. Uh, Dadim Dong okay. is one of them. Yeah. Because you talked about uh, how you remember Itaewon as a, as a dangerous, like mm. a, a rougher Dong, a, a yeah. little bit sketchy. 
Um, that's how Koreans look at Dae Dong. Mm. They think it's dangerous because of the uh, predominantly um, Chinese people, the, mm. the chosen joke, as they're called here, yeah, yeah. Uh, living there. Um, but my experience was slightly different. Mm. And I, I didn't want to fight the, the general opinion in Korea, but I'm like, I'm just going into the neighborhood, ask mm. people about how they feel living here. Yeah. Uh, I had a guide with me, a girl, yeah. who've lived there for over three years. Okay. And, I, and, and she didn't experience anything bad or weird. Nice. And so my conclusion was, it's, it's not as bad as you might think. Mm. But people didn't really like that conclusion because they have this negative stigma and they like to stick to that. Yeah. And, uh, and I just came there for a day. And I've, uh, How do you know they didn't like the conclusion? Did they say that in the yeah, comments? Yeah, in the comment section. Oh, really? Wow. It's a big mess. Oh, really? And, and, that, and that video is a big mess. Do you read the comments? Um, the first two hours and after that, yeah. not really anymore because okay. it has a really big impact on your mental. And, uh, yeah. But... but I still stick to my own opinion. I've been mm. back a couple of times, also mm. at night. And I, I, I yeah, it, it, it's the opinion is mostly based on news from 2010. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We talk about 14 years ago. Mm. You know, Korea is changing so fast. So yeah. neighbors changed with that. And I think it's not as uh, sketchy anymore as it used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, as well with Itaewon, it yeah. has changed and it's not as dark as it used to be. No. Um, but... Oh yeah, so so many. I think that you what, know. What did you make of the Joseon Jok? Did you meet any of the people there, or the China? Did I did. Just give us I a did. vibe of what's going on there with them. And Th they're just friendly people, in my opinion. <laughs> 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 they have their businesses there. Yeah. Um, they speak, so I can understand their Korean quite well because yeah. it feels like they're a lower level than, of course, the native Koreans. Yeah, sometimes the vocabulary and the expressions a bit easier. Yeah. Easier to yeah. understand. Yeah. And my Korean isn't as good, so yeah. we, we get closer to each other. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I can vibe with them because I can talk to them and. Uh, they don't seem to take life always as serious. <laughs> Just yeah. selling their dubu or whatever business they have. Yeah. No, I have only had good experiences. Have you been to the uh, Uzbek and Kazakh people in uh, Dongdaemun? No, not like, yet. Oh, okay, okay. Not yet. No, all right. I right. do have a guide already, but my Russian friend. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> that's fascinating. These these areas that are so multicultural and un-Korean and it's not just that sort of Itaewon Western one but you get all of these different areas in there there are many areas like that yeah. I, d I do want to point out another neighborhood which yeah. is Muwagdong okay yeah, yeah. and uh, Sean from the Dark Side of Seoul was my guide in mm. that neighborhood mm. and it, it's like right next to the old city the Hanyang Wall the city wall mm. and apparently it's it's the capital city um, for shamans mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I didn't know a place like that near my home exists and Sean uh, took me into the mountain in Wangsan yes he explained me about the mountain god like the the, the, the king there, yeah the, the rock yeah. that looks like a king it does look like a king yeah uh, another rock that looks like a tiger yeah. and then you go into the mountain and and there are so many shrines and altars and you see shamans doing their good ceremonies and it's, it's all just there yeah and it's real culture and nobody really knows about it. Well, very few people know about it. Not right? even Koreans living in that same neighborhood. <laughs> give us, give us the shamans first. And like, what does it, what is, does it smell of incense there to you? What does it sound like? Can you just give us that? <laughs> it smells like incense. It smells yeah. like makuli. Yeah, yeah. They they spread the makuli all over the place. Yeah. You see a lot of uh, ribbons on those uh, red pine trees. Yes. Um, there's the uh, Sombawi, it's like a rock that looks like a monk and a king. That's it. There's an urban legend about that rock as well. People, uh, they pray for uh, their children to do well in mm. school. Mm. But there are also people who just randomly, I mean, it looks to me it looks random, mm. but they can feel some uh, good spirits 
good vibes in the forest and they just go into the forest and they start spreading the makuli and mm. I put some chicken and uh, some sul, some alcohol, liquor there, uh, incense, and they start praying. It's so unreal because it, nobody really talks about shamanism in Korea. It's, yeah. it's a, the, the religion is a little bit pushed into the darkness, yeah. right? You, you know, you can recognize the, the red, white flags here and there, mm. um, but that's about it. But there you can see it live in action and that's beautiful. Yes. It made me a bit emotional. When you walk through there, mm. you can feel it. Yeah. And I, I'm not even a spiritual guy. I think Koreans are quite spiritual sometimes, though. In, because they they're, do. You have yeah, the Christian ones, the the uh, the shamanistic ones, the Buddhist ones, and, and all the all the various cults and uh -huh. saibis. And they love a bit of spirituality here. They're they do. Pouring their drinks and praying and chanting and shouting and lots of uh, tokens and things. And like, the bujoks in, in everyone's home. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much everyone. Yeah, good luck things, they're everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I'm not absolutely sure on this, but just like the Joseon Dok have a bad reputation, shamanism has a bad reputation, at least two reasons I can think of. There was a drama called The Glory, mm -hmm. which was about school bullying. I don't know if you saw it. I've, I've, I've saw the drama. Yeah, you saw, I, I didn't finish it, um, but there was shamans in that and it was the bad people going to the shamans to resolve their issues. And I think yeah. it's, it's not associated with the good characters. Do you Interesting, know I mean? right? The, the rich and the corrupt and uh, the current president, Yoon Seok-yeol, during the television debates, he had a shamanistic yeah. uh, symbol for king on his hand and yeah. everybody went, shaman. And so it's like... Wasn't that part of, of the reason why he moved to Yongsan, his presidential house? Uh, that's, that's a story I heard. I don't know if, if it's true. I've heard that story, but the previous president, Pakune, uh, Moon Jae-in, oh, Moon Jae-in okay, yeah. Jae said, by the end of my term, I'll move out of the Blue House. But he I, never I, did. He oh. never did. And Yoon Seok-yeol said, I'll do it. And he did it in a week. And everyone was like... <laughs> 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 because I, I think the Blue House... Um, have you done the Blue House in your door? Uh, no, but I did... Oh, uh, uh, Chung... Gong Gong. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm I've done so many dongs right now. Right, right. With yeah, Jacko yeah. as Red Sloot. And that's where where Park Chung Hee was assassinated. That's right. It's right next to the Blue House. That's right. Yeah. People say the Blue House is not good for running a, a country that there's bad vibes there, like the, the Feng Shui, but also the management, all the buildings are too far apart. It's not modern, efficient, office like. But the Bungsu GD should be good there, right? The mountain in the back and not sure if there's any water. <laughs> Colonization and things like that is just bad vibes. <sighs> Who's taller? You're Jacko. Uh, You're pretty similar. I believe we're I pretty similar. You're pretty similar. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I saw a photo of Jacko the other day. From, it must be about like 2008 or something. He just looks so different, so weird. I, I can't explain it. I'll, I'll put it up here for you, Jacko, <laughs> if you ever watch this. But he looks like just a like, pudgy-faced, bearded, long hair. Like, Jacko's quite a stylish man, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he wears the same hat as me. Yeah, sometimes. but he, he's generally quite stylish. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I saw that, I was like, wow, that's like Jacko before he got a tailor or something. My, my followers call him the Korean Sherlock. <laughs> that's a good name for him. I like it. I like his yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've got nothing but time for Jacko. He's so kind. He's yeah. so generous. A lot of time in the Korean circle, I'll ask you about this with YouTube as well, but in the Korean study circle, everyone can be quite bitchy sometimes, I've found. There's like, no, I know Korea. That guy gets it wrong. That person does it wrong. And I know, I know. I, I try to stay out of the toxicity yeah. of that because yeah. people always, uh, they, they write in the comments, I think you mentioned it in the script, like uh, Bart knows Korea so much better than Koreans, right? Mm. I don't. Mm. I'm a guy who is curious and I'm learning along the way. Mm. Literally, mm. before I go into a neighborhood, I do my research. Yeah. Now I'm a I talk to people mm. and preferably with a guide who knows a lot more than me. Mm. And, and then after I learned, I make a documentary, a video, and then show it to the people. Yeah. That, that's, but I'm not an expert. Right. And then I move on to the next neighborhood the next week. So I, I can't even go deeper than that. Mm. So it's mm. really on the surface. Uh, it makes me feel bad sometimes, but I have to move on. That's the, 
It's the start of a discussion, I think. That's what yeah, it is. That, it that's is. what I, the way I like to present work and, uh, and do things, that it's, um, it's not the final word, it, it, but it's meant to generate, it's meant to be the start of an investigation, the start of a discussion, because sometimes the first one's the hardest one to do. It is. <clears throat> You Definitely, know, you, yes. you've got to get the ball rolling somehow, and uh, I, I've just found Jacko always to be so, uh, so generous with his time and ideas because his reputation precedes him. Sometimes, like everybody's heard of Jacko, but mm -hmm. he's always been so kind. He's know? too kind, and uh, and he runs his podcast. He's really busy with that. He, he does his thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's go to these because Bart knows Koreans better than Koreans. Do Do you think going round to these various dongs that sometimes we we get defamiliarization, like, you know, when your parents come over mm -hmm. and you'd go and do all the things in Korea that you wouldn't have done when you live here, right? I don't know if you get that, or friends come over and you yeah. go, let's go because I've never actually been there. Uh -huh. Does it help doing this as a foreigner, do you think? Do you get a different perspective? I always <laughs> bring them to all the familiar landmarks first yeah. because you need to have a certain background and understanding uh, Korea and history mm -hmm. before you can appreciate those lesser known places. For example, I can bring them to the Pimat Gol in Jonglo. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's to avoid the horses street because mm -hmm. commoners didn't want to see the aristocrats and the horses because they had to greet them. Uh, so they made these back alleys, uh, started this commerce and nice restaurants and drinking. Mm. And, and those streets still exist, yeah. but uh, not for much longer. They are disappearing right now. But I can bring my parents, and to them, it's just a back alley. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. understand. The, yeah. They don't even know what Joseon Dynasty is, for example. Mm. Their yeah. knowledge doesn't go that far. Right. So um, can I bring them there? Yes, I can, but rather not at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Show them something different and things like that. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, that makes sense. What do you make of the Pimo Gills? What do you make of the back alleys? It's so funny. I was there the other day to film again. Yeah. Uh, and for fun, I asked one of the Sajak names in the Pimat Gol. Yeah. I said, hey, can you tell me uh, where the Pimat Gol is? <laughs> And this is what she said. She yeah. said, okay, you have to go back to the main street, yeah. go all the way to uh, Jonglo Ilga, the beginning of the main street, yeah. and then there's the Pimat Gol, which is the one that they torn down and then rebuilt. Oh, and wow. uh, do you know that modern uh, office-looking building with those cubes, like brown color, and there's one big one on top? Okay. There's this passway, uh, passageway that's like, it's supposed to be the Pimat Gol, the new okay. one. Okay. So she, she pointed me out to that one, thinking that foreigners only like the new stuff. Yeah. But I wonder if she really didn't know whether she was working inside the, the Pimat Gol. Maybe she knew what she was doing. She was yeah. like, get these foreigners and their cameras away from here. Like, we've got to keep this safe. Don't let could them know. Be, could be. When I first arrived in Korea, I was staying in Tongno Samga. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was put in like a, a back alley hotel there. And I had to walk from Tongno Samga to Kwangamun every day for my work. So I just walked Tongno every day. And it, it, it's such a... You see this... Um, like the HSBC or the top cloud buildings, and then you just go one little laddie backwards, and then you've got these like Hejanguk streets and all these pubs and things like this. It's amazing how they just exist side by side. And like you say, with the Joseon dynasty, you'll get that idea of there's the Yangban, there's the aristocracy, there's the nobility, uh -huh. but you only have to go one block and then you get the commoners or the people or the farmers or something like I this. Love it. I love it so much, Yeah, but most people don't go. Mm. that extra uh, street and or go into the back alleys though they don't just don't they yeah. don't and if they do they don't know what they're seeing yeah 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 do you notice uh, Seoul is kind of like north of the river south of the river things like that how are you doing that geographically are you doing one north how are you planning that I haven't seen your map in a while I'm sorry um, that's okay um, I used to approach it like an onion 
and I, I, I peel it from the inside out. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. So, um, no, during Joseon Dynasty, uh, the capital was called uh, Hanyang. That's right. So that's where everything happened, right? Within the city walls. Yeah. So my idea was to understand Seoul, I have to start from inside and mm. work myself out. Mm. But then along the way, uh, some guides approached me and said, hey, Bart, I want to show you, for example, Gapodong. Mm. Uh, and, and that's uh, south of the river. Tell me about Gapodong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Gapodong, uh, Gangnam. Mm. Yeah, why I like Gapodong is because there is Guryongmal, mm. and Guryongmal is a Dal Dongne, and Dal Dongne in English is Moon Village. Okay. okay. Uh, and it's like, like a, yeah, yeah, okay. it's a shanty town. Mm, mm, mm. And if you if you search, if you looked at this up in Google, mm. you will see the last shanty town yeah. of Seoul. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is not true. Right. There are actually quite a lot of them. Yeah. There's one in Chungedong, which is called Baksamal. Mm. Uh, Hongjedong has one. And then there are the there are the dal dongnes that are like hidden in the city, just but you like Salim Dong. Uh, I believe Uljira was also dal dongne. Why are they why are they moon why are they dal dongne? Because they are built um, on a hill on a slope mm. close to the moon. Okay. That's yeah, and, and, and that's where the the poor people live, mm. uh, the unfortunate people, and in Guryongmal there's still quite a lot of people living there, mm. and it's interesting because you have Gangnam Gu. Yeah. And then once you go up to Guryong Mal, it's separated from the wealthy part of the Gu by a main street. And I, I, it's not written, I don't know why they built the main street, but as, as, a, as a geographer, you can guess, yeah. you know, urban spatial uh, uh, organization, they, mm. they wanted to push it out to the outskirts of the city yeah. and make it kind of um, n not so visible. Mm. Do you find, I mean, when we think of Gangnam or things like that, we yeah. don't think of shanty towns normally. We definitely don't. Do you find yourself looking for the lower class? I don't say this with disrespect. I think you know what I'm trying to yeah. ask you. I mean, do you find yourself looking for the sort of the earth people, the people that don't appear in dramas, or is that not quite the way it's working? I do. I, I want to show every part of, of Seoul's face as much yeah. as possible, right, yeah. which includes um, the wealthy Gangnam, but yeah. it also includes the not so wealthy Gangnam and that is Guryong Mal. Mm. Uh, I struggle a lot with ethics, mm. like the ethical approach to it because you know there's a uh, poverty porn for example. People class tourism is a class word. tourism yeah. and uh, it's that makes it difficult to go into the neighborhood, bring your camera and like, hey, w what are you doing here? You know? Why is could you just play out why poverty porn or because I don't think I've ever discussed it. I, it makes sense to me, but why why is it ethically um, questionable? There are a lot of YouTubers who um, misused no, there are a lot of YouTubers who just go go into these towns, these mm. poor towns, mm. uh, film people, don't ask permission, you film their face, mm. and, and they feel like uncomfortable, but they have to talk because they're being filmed, right? They cannot yeah. be rude. Yeah. And then show that to get uh, cloud, to get views yeah. on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Like, I know it, it's part of my duty now to film every part of Seoul. So mm -hmm. at some point that includes the lesser wealthy parts of town too. Mm. The way I approach it now, so I made a mistake in uh, Daldong, the first one, uh, Baksamal, Chungedong. I made a mistake by going in mm. uh, and, and kind of, I don't know. Now, in hindsight, I, I think I was a little bit disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Just like, okay, this is that, this is that. Just point my camera at everything. Yeah. Uh, my second approach, the Guryongmal was going with a local who lives in the Gu. That's nice. Because I think locals are allowed to go wherever they you know they they are it's yeah. their hometown they get yeah. they can go anywhere they want mm. including Guryongmal mm. so that would be a more ethical approach and this time i i put my camera in my pocket and i approach people first ask them permission like hey i'm filming 
I'm trying to get the story of Guri Mal. Mm. Would you mind if I film you or your story? I can cover your face or or don't show you at all. And that helped. People were comfortable. Nice. Uh, I I always go to local restaurants because you know if if you spend money then yeah. people want to talk to you. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. go there, you don't spend anything and you just want something from them. Mm. It should go both ways. Agreed. Um, and then suddenly, uh, the moment I walked out of the, the town, Kuryong town, there was a drunken adjust who came to me. Mm. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? Mm. Uh, I said, yeah, I'm filming. He said, hey, you want to see my home? So he brought us to his home and uh, he showed us inside. Yeah, and, and just terrible conditions he was living in. And it was really shocking to see. And it put things of my life in perspective, but it also put mm. uh, the city itself mm. in perspective. Yeah. Korea is developing so fast. Uh, people are wealthier. There's more money, but there's still a big chunk of, mm -hmm. of the population in the city that uh, is behind of everything. Mm -hmm. And they cannot jump on the Hallyu wave and they cannot jump on the positive developments. Mm -hmm. And there's more than, okay, this is just a shanty town. It's also a town that uh, explains where the first developments of the city started with mm -hmm. the 88 Olympics, for example, the Asia Games. Yeah. People were pushed out of the center, yeah. uh, make space for stadiums, um, new constructions, development, um, clean up the streets. Just for the Olympic torch to go past for two minutes. Yep. And that was it. And sometimes. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and those people now live in those towns mm. and, and they still have a hard time. So, yeah, that, w that was, um, yeah, some people might still call it poverty porn. Mm. But I'm, I'm, I see myself as a documentary maker. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I dig up stories. Yeah. And they give me, everyone in my videos gives me permission. Right. I never ever film someone w against their will. I will never do that. Mm. And I think that's as ethical as I can be. It's, it's really interesting. It's nice that you got the Ajoshi and you got the local tour guides. I think that's really cool. One of the early things that somebody told me, I can't remember who, but they said, don't talk about people, talk to people. It's very easy to talk about this community, to talk about these people, and, and, and I think politicians and everybody does that, but to go and talk to these people, to go and talk with these people gives you a, a completely different perspective, whether they're people in the moon moon villages or, or the Josunjok or things like that. Um, what other ethics come into it? Because I'd never even considered, uh, is there like an unwritten YouTuber's rule or are there any other ethical things that you go through? So you ask them to, for example, can I film you? And it's nice that you do it without the camera in their face first, because it's hard to say no, you maybe spend some money first. Is there any other ethical things that go on in this? Just be friendly. Yeah? yeah. Always. There are not many rules, and that's also a problem. Because yeah, okay. many uh, YouTubers, they choose YouTube as a career, mm -hmm. uh, but they haven't been to um, the journalism school, for example, where they teach you about ethics mm -hmm. and how to approach and, and how to sign a contract in case something goes wrong. It, it doesn't exist. Mm. Most people don't know that their face will appear somewhere on the internet. And the internet is forever. And the internet is forever. Mm. So I will, that's, so my own ethic is I will never ever use someone's face to talk bad about Seoul or Korea. I will never use, mm. like even when somebody attacks me in the street, mm. I will never ever show their identity because I can ruin someone's life. Mm -mm. I know the unintentional power that my channel can have. Mm. And that's something that YouTubers should keep in mind. Don't, don't ever do that because even though you hate the person yeah. doesn't mean you have to ruin his life right but we have we have a justice system uh, for that we can call the police if, mm -hmm. if you need to solve things but don't do it by yourself and don't use your audience your following who follow you blindly with whatever you say mm -hmm. um that's my own ethic 
sometimes I do have a, a bit of an arrogant approach by film first mm -hmm. because otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, and so there, there's the the Wagugin approach and there's the Korean approach. I have Korean guides in my videos, and sometimes I let them approach the people first, but then there are these unwritten uh, societal rules in how to talk to each other. Like, are you older? Do I have to respect you? You use this kind of words, and yeah. it becomes very soft. The voice lowers. I'm like, oh, this is not good for the video. Yeah. If I approach, I, I get the Wagugin pass. I get. I can be a little bit more informal, mm. uh, but in a really friendly way. Yeah. And then people feel immediately comfortable. The, the ice is broken instantly. Yeah. Yeah, I like that approach more. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, but ethics. Tell yeah. me, it's amazing. I, I agree with you that Weigukin Pass can be very sort of disarming sometimes. <laughs> and allows, I think, also sometimes Korean people to just drop the formalities and let's get to it. Tell me about the, the, the you mentioned like this unintended power of your channel. Because millions of views and things like that i mean you have a better idea of it but that's that's a big thing but mm -hmm. i mean people are accessing korea i guess locally and internationally their portal into korea sometimes is you and what you're doing mm -hmm. tell me what that's like does does that um what kind of response are you getting what kind of i don't know numbers are you getting is it primarily youtube based do you do you find tiktok more like tell me about this power of what you're doing uh, it's primarily uh, YouTube-based. Mm. That's where I, I throw all my uh, long videos. Mm. There's over 10-minute videos. Um, those are the serious videos, yeah. documentary style. I go a little bit deeper. I try to give information. Mm. People will never become more stupid after watching my videos. That's nice. I, I always want my videos to be forever. They are as valuable today as they are maybe uh, 40 years from now. That's always my philosophy in my videos. Mm. Because I'm getting a little bit tired mm. when I look at social media these days and you, you go through these short form format videos. Five minutes later, you forgot what you watched. You don't know. Like Sometimes you learn something fun, but it's, yeah. it's not. I, I missed the, the sit down, look at something. Okay, now I'm going to learn something. Mm -hmm. Attitude towards watching something online. And I, I feel that we're getting away from that. Mm -hmm. But I also feel that some people are getting back to that because they get... It's exhausting to look at all these short form videos. Time uh, passes by really fast before you know it. For, for two hours you watch people dancing and, and whatnot. And doing the pimp back slide everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's simple entertainment, but it, it's, it's just my yeah. niche. That's it. Yeah. Other people are good at that, and, and I guess I'm good at this. Yeah, you, you're incredibly good. It's what I studied too, but maybe I should give some uh, background of who I yeah. am. Because yeah. back in the Netherlands, I did a master's in human geography and specialized in conflicts, territories, and identities. And basically what you try to do is understand your surroundings and why people live there and not here and how the river wow. influence, you know, the people living on the west or on the east side or uh, why do people fight? Why do mm. people kill? Like mm. questions like that. Mm. I'm like an undercover anthropologist. Or <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Human geography sounds very similar to anthropology. It, it, it basically is. It's also politicology. Oh, shit, my English case. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. But where does the conflict element come in from your study or your background? Did, tell me something about that. Um, I've always been fascinated by the Second World War mm. and, and, and how that had an impact on my grandparents and the way they, they look at Germans yeah. back in the days. And, they, and instead of calling them Germans, they were called you know, Nazis still, mm. or we had different words for that in Dutch. Um, the, the, the whole reason why suddenly whole nations 
start fighting each other and killing each other over territory, over religion, over ethnicities. It, it just fascinates me. That's been going on since the existence of, of the human race. Mm. And as we can see today, it's, it's still going on. Like Israel, Gaza, uh, Ukraine, Russia, a lot of unknown conflicts, war, civil wars mm. in Africa that never reached the news. Um, yeah, so I want to understand why. Mm. And then as a young boy, it's weird that I was playing uh, Second World War games while my grandparents were still alive who actually had experienced that, that war that I was now doing for entertainment. Yeah. It was yeah. at some point that hit me and it's like, this is interesting. Like I studied economics before that, business economics, mm. didn't like it, finished my bachelor's. And it's like, no, I want to do something that I, I can be passionate about mm. without caring too much about um, my career afterwards. Uh, it turned out well. Like mm. I, I'm using my that that study still in in my project now in the Welcome to My Dong project. I never knew that about you, and it's that's amazing how sometimes everything comes together, but it's never planned at the time. It was never planned. Is it like, like that's when no. the the students come to me and they're like, "What's my plan?" I'm just, just sometimes just go with it, just just see what happens because we always explain it ad hoc after the event. Mm -hmm. But at the time, you're just going with it and exploring things. Your channel generally seems pretty positive. Uh, yeah, like it doesn't seem like you're being antagonistic. It doesn't seem like you're, um, you don't have explosive titles in the things like that. Well, you you might you might disagree with, yeah. but the, it, I don't get negative vibes from it. I don't see any hostility. Is is that that's a conscious effort? You think very conscious? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I know the rules of YouTube. I know how the algorithms work now. Mm -hmm. I know I can do better by using strong titles, but mm -hmm. I know I'll make a lot of enemies. I know I can do, so for a long time, I, I was censoring myself a lot. I was filtering myself for the Korean audience because I was so afraid for what they would think of my real opinion. And I was navigating myself and always trying to stay on the safe side. Can you give us an example of, I don't, uh, I'm not asking you to drop yourself in it, but what would be some of those things? Oh, that's, that's actually a good question. Um, <laughs> I give you a very simple example, mm. just being honest about food. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Like I didn't like certain food and and it's not very much appreciated if you're too honest about it. Yeah. You have to mm -hmm. be very uh, careful giving certain opinions. Yeah. This is a simple example, but my interest lies in politics yeah. um, and, and people and, and the recent news. And then it becomes very difficult to navigate through mm. like being as neutral as possible in Korea because pretty much everything is controversial. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Um, but then that, that got me in, in a depression. Because you always care about what others think of you, mm. and that's a trap. Mm. Mm. That that drains your energy energy so much that I, I just I just couldn't handle it anymore. I was caring way too much about what people thought about me, and, and that got me down. Plus the financial stress and all the other things. So I, I quit YouTube for six months, and, and tried to find myself. Mm. And then uh, my wife, uh, after the six months, said, "Bart, maybe it's time to get back to YouTube. I, I see you you miss it." I see that's uh, where you belong. Mm. Uh, and how to get back is why don't you get your bike, cycle around the country, be with yourself and your camera, mm. uh, be away from the internet as much as possible, film whatever you think you want to film and, and be as close uh, to yourself as possible. Upload that on your channel, see uh, which people will follow you for what you make. And then from there you can build a new audience. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. Mm -hmm. 
made like 20 videos a cycle by myself al- around the country 2000 kilometers wow. um stayed in a tent in the in the midst of summer uh <laughs> <laughs> terrible but i really found myself <laughs> yeah and i saw the beauty of korean countryside and mm-hmm. i met amazing people and i filmed everything it was so real and raw mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah this this gives me energy mm-hmm. i just be myself i give myself if i like it I, I say it if i don't like it i will say it in the best way possible it, it, it seems like it's been hard on your mental health or it feels like you're living with people looking at you. And I guess there must come a lot of pressure and responsibility knowing that your next upload might have hundreds of thousands of views going up to a million that that puts a lot of pressure on what you're going to say, how you're going to even look in the video. The tight, I mean, that's a lot of pressure, but... It is. And I don't have a lot of confidence in myself. Mm. I'm very insecure when it comes to that. I always think people know better especially when you talk about another country, you have to be really careful because anything you say will be used against you. Mm. Uh, Even before I came here, because I watched many of your podcasts and I see those uh, old veteran uh, Korean (laughs) experts and they talk so comfortably about Korea and they know really well what they're talking about. I'm Mm. like, oh no, I'm not there yet. Uh, And that makes me um, a little bit insecure. So Mm. then I tend again to go to the safe side of everything. Mm. Don't take any risks one of the reasons why I have a lot of guides in my videos because I put, you know... That's we, very clever. We That's share responsibility. Clever. Yes, yes, yes. You know, because yeah. here's the thing. I always do my research before I go into the neighborhood. Mm. Then I talk to Koreans, ask them the questions, and they say exactly what I already learned before I came. Mm. Like, ah, this is not fun. No. But I have to pretend a little bit. So, um, yeah, sorry, I don't know where I was How, how are the Koreans... <laughs> I mean, you walked in here and you were asked to sign books. Yeah, Koreans are responding to you quite nicely. Mm-hmm. The, I, I, there must be some hate or shade. I'm not sure, but th- there must be also this kind of affirmation and this goodness. It, it seems like I mean, you're a pretty chill guy, but you seem very smiley and positive. It, it, you have a great vibe. A bunigi is the word that you like to <laughs> yeah, use. Yeah, I like bunigi. But you, 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 you've surely got a lot of positive responses. How are Koreans in general responding to you? Um, they seem to appreciate this project a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, sure in the newspapers and everyone yeah it, i don't know why it, it suddenly gets so much attention i think one of the reasons is that nobody does it mm. like no i don't know anyone who does something similar all the so-called influencers or yeah. video cre- i don't know i don't like the word influencer by the way um but creators content creators they always jump on the trendy bandwagon mm-hmm. and fair game it it, it earns money mm-hmm. it, it gets you a lot of views but they it's such a miss opportunity there there's so much more to korea than the free case the k-drama k-food and k uh, k-pop mm. you miss a lot about uh, what korea also is like mm. and when nobody shines a light on that uh, with the, the the speed of development that korea is going through in 20 years from now the whole post uh, korean war uh, history of korea will be gone mm-hmm. like from let's say uh, early uh, 50s until uh, late 90s mm. it's disappearing right you know, I was in the car earlier with my wife. Uh, we took a taxi and, and I, I, tell, I told her, I said, hey, I realized that I don't see those uh, people picking up the paper anymore. Yeah. yeah I think I they've been they, they've been cleaned out in our neighborhood. Mm. Uh, four months ago, they were everywhere. We had a house in our neighborhood with uh, two uh, elderly and they pick up the, you know, you put the carton box outside yep. and an hour it's gone. Yep. If we do it today, yeah. it will be there for the whole day. So some so something is changing and we don't notice it, but it's changing mm. fast. Mm. It used to be um, people selling stuff on on the subway. They would sell chewing gum, or there were people uh, 
with their legs missing and they would go around and uh, and take the newspapers on the subways and you're right that they're i'm not sure what's happening to it but it's how how long is this going to take you but so you, you you must know but i said you, you've got this in your head so you've done 60 and there's 460 odd right if you were to do it like six seven years wow with the current speed at first it was going really fast yeah 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 but my standards got higher <laughs> good you know more guides uh yeah. knowledgeable guides it's hard to find them is that uh, hard to do in winter or something like that or summer like, i don't care like winter, i just go okay. out it's mm. freezing cold but it, yeah. it's a different vibe in winter i like winter korea korean winters are nice sunglasses weather you yeah sunglasses <laughs> yeah, on in winter yeah, you're here, right. right yeah it's, yeah because in england it's just dark and, <laughs> uh, and shit but here you get your sunglasses on let's go i did uh, jacko is my winter guide somehow we're going to do one again in december it's, yeah uh, it's not planned um no yeah six 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 seven years that's a that's a commitment that's a commitment mm. I, I'm one of those people, who, if he promises something uh, to himself, yep. like I'm going to yeah, do yeah. something like this, yeah. I'm going to do it. Right, yeah. I did it with my book. So one day I want to write a book. <laughs> I wrote a book. It's published now. <laughs> um, I did it with my North Korea trip. I did it with the bicycle trip around Korea. And mm -hmm. this project was one of them. Mm -hmm. Five, six years ago, I told my wife, like, hey, I really want to explore those neighborhoods in Korea because I was walking through Gajadong and I found this really old... Uh, a brothel street mm -hmm. and um, interesting because you don't see that too often no. and it was a ride, a ride around the corner from where I lived and, and then yeah there must be an interesting story to this that's what I thought but nobody knows considering six seven years are there ones that have uh, that are time sensitive I mean you just mentioned brothels the brothels in the city have disappeared I yeah what Itaewon used to be with Hooker Hill and all those kind of things and uh, uh, Yongsan I mean Coming from the UK, this was like, wow, what's going on here? I wasn't kind of used to these sites, but are there some dongs coming up that are more time sensitive than others, do you think? Definitely. Um, and, and also yeah. I want to ask, will the dongs change? Will it increase? Because they're going to make Seoul bigger, aren't they? Uh, I read an article that they're, they're considering to include Gimpo. I was like, no, please wait. Another six, seven years. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. I want to finish before then. Yeah. Gimpo is big. Yeah, I was going to say. It that. goes all the way to the coastline. Yeah. Nice to have a beach though in the city. <laughs> That's how I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just finished Huxokdong, which mm. was a Jacobal area. Everything okay. was abandoned, mm. uh, ready to be new down. Um, now gone. A week after I filmed the neighborhood. Wow. Um, I know Hanamdong is going up for redevelopment as mm, well mm -mm. which was a really nice um, very colored multicultural neighborhood very quaint it's gonna disappear too mm. actually the the Pimat goals is gonna disappear yeah um, this one Salindong which is an Ojido that's mm -hmm. where you have all those steel workers oh yeah yeah, yeah back yeah. alleys with the graffiti on the shutters yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it it's gonna disappear in three four years Seon Sanga it's gonna disappear mm. you know I think everything that is older than 40 years is going to disappear within now and six years. Have any like dongs reached out to you about it? Like do, do local <laughs> authorities say, come and do our dong and come and do this and please stand next to the mayor in this chicken shop. Did, are they on you? For like the that? first time. Yeah. Last week. Oh, really? Okay. Gedong. <laughs> okay. Gedong is in Bukchong Hanok village. Wow. The very touristy side of yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I walked through the neighborhood to scout the area, mm. find stories. Mm. And there were many interesting stories. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be controversial or dark history. I know I like that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But those areas have stories too. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I filmed it and I'm now editing. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's going to... There's the house of Kim Song-soo. 
right is okay. the he established Corio de Hakio, um, uh, the, the newspaper, and there are like a whole lot of stories around him as well. So there's always something. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I'm curious about this thing, but that sometimes I find soul boring, <laughs> and the boring part is the most amazing. So my idea with this is like you. 10 millions of people every morning will get on the subway and nothing will happen. Mm -hmm. They'll go to school, they'll go to the office, they'll, they'll leave their, their bags and stuff around and nothing will happen. This is a place where sometimes nothing happens and that's a beautiful thing because you leave your phone on the table and you go to the pharmacy and everything works and you get the hospital appointment and you, you order something and it comes that day or the next day. Everything just kind of works and like when you look online, it's either fucking amazing mm -hmm. it's like k-pop hallyu blah 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 you get your coffee delivered by a robot right <laughs> or it's this is hell joson and this is terrible and this is like everyone's depressed and dying and single and lonely yeah for me this place is pretty boring and i love the boring aspect of it have you noticed any of this boring you don't have to but have you noticed any of the boring aspect of it and how do you how do you capture that um it's weird when i when i go around the city by myself and and i'm not in the I'm not filming anything. Yeah. I'm bored too. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> maybe I need to film. Yeah, I'm just a grumpy older Jossie going around. I'm, <laughs> I'm complaining about the way they drive, the way they hunk, the way they uh, make sounds on the street. Like I, I become a little bit too much myself <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, you know, depressed. But when I put on my filming hat, <laughs> I, I approach people, talk to people and it's never ever boring. I've been to really weird neighborhoods and people, before I, I went into the neighborhood, people said, you're not going to find anything but it. <laughs> I was like, huh? And I found something. You find people. You find people. Mm. If there's not a story, then there's the people and people have stories. So people are always fun. Is there something about Korean people? Have, have you learned something about them? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, we, I don't want to mean to generalize 50 million people, but cultures and, and vibes are different in different places. Is there something that you've learned from looking at the people as well as the geography? Oh, um, I don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to not generalize, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. generalize a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel there's a big gap between the elderly mm. and the young people. Mm. So, for example, if I ask a young person on the street in the neighborhood, hey, can you tell me something about the neighborhood mm. or how do you like it here? And it's like really short answer often. OK, Choa or Kyung. Yeah. Or, and that's it. Yeah. And then. Whoop, but when I ask it to a, an elderly person, I get stories. Yeah. I get a whole get uh, bunch of history thrown at my face or a nice or an interesting opinion or some controversy. There's always mm. something. And, and, and then, uh, you know, an insult about your parents. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always fun to talk to that generation more than to the young generation. Mm. It's not that the young generation, they don't talk, but they don't, it, it feels like they rather not. I think in most cases. from my experience, they're protective of their identities online. Yeah. So when they do go online, they use bouquets, they use these secondary accounts and they don't want their name known or their face known. And so they're very, I think they have so much insecurity in their lives with COVID and the economy and things like that. They're like, sod that internet stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 maybe that's to do with it. I think so. But um, so my wife's grandmother, she passed away quite recently. Mm. And Sorry. the first, no, it's a, yeah, <laughs> thank you. The, the first time I met her, uh, I asked her about, okay, you're now, you used to work in a restaurant for a long time. Mm. Has that always been your dream? And now I got a really interesting answer. No, she wanted to be in the military. 
a professional. No, so we talked about that for a long time, and my wife is like, "Why did I never ask anything like that to yeah, my grandmother? I yeah. didn't know this, yeah. even though they're really close." But she f suddenly felt like I don't know my grandmother, mm. and I, and I, in, you know, in her defense, I also never asked my grandparents about this. <laughs> now I'm older, I'm like I, sh I should have. Yeah. But those people are walking history books and they carry interesting stories that when they pass away, you know, you can read a lot of history books, but we will never get that primary source of information ever again. And, and that's why I always get a little bit emotional uh, walking around and talk to these elderly people in Korea because I really bond with them. And I, every time I say goodbye, I feel like, shit, I, I think we're not going to meet again, but I feel so connected because we really had a sincere conversation about mm. your country, your life, and you, you open up everything mm. to me, to a stranger who just walks into the room with a camera. It's like, hey, talk about your life, please. Mm. And it always fascinates me that they are willing to do so. Quite recently, Yoni Dong, I talked to a 91-year-old Harabochi. He mm. was on top of the mountain. He was doing those uh, exercises. <laughs> he, he literally did a pull-up. I was like, no way. And he said, come with me. I, I will show you the top of the mountain. And, and we talked. We just yeah. sat there and talked like yeah. it was my own grandfather. Yeah, yeah. I, I could all, and, and yeah. we gave each other a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it, to me, that's a really beautiful way of uh, learning about Korea mm. through the people. Mm. And through the elderly people, because they've got stories to tell, and sometimes we don't hear these stories, or sometimes their views and the opinions are, are sometimes maybe discounted. You know, they're seen as, you know, holding the country back or doing something like this. or, But... On top of that, but like sometimes you're told that Korea is very conservative or, you know, very nationalistic and they don't take well to foreigners. And, you know, you, you know, the whole Dutch and the, <laughs> the, the Hendrix stories from down in Jeju. But, yeah. you know, my experience with old people generally is they'll, they'll come and talk to you and they'll have it and they'll look at you at, exactly like you say, like a person. You, you, you're looking them in the eye. You're having the chat. There's nothing weird going on. That's, yeah. that's my experience with Korea. And one of the reasons I stay here. Same same just the people just the people the people are fantastic mm. i've never had now nah, okay i had a few bad experiences but i talked to yeah. a dozen of people every yeah. single day because of my job mm. and only once i had a weird experience i was in myeongdong it's <laughs> mm. waiting for jacko to start the you know to start the video and uh, suddenly now joshi came to me long pointy gray beard he looked at me and he said like Shibasaki, go out of the country. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, what? You, you, what? <laughs> I got a little bit pissed. Yeah. And then he, he walked to me and he, he pointed, like made like this sign on my mm. forehead mm. and he did, and he walked away. Mm. That's like the worst and only bad experience I had in Korea. But other than that, only good experiences. Yeah. You know, probably as a Korean in the Netherlands, you probably had more bad experiences on the street I would imagine. than me here in Korea. And even if they uh, don't agree with me, if it, even if they don't like me, mm. that's fine. Yeah. We all deserve our own opinion. And that's what I like about my own attitude. I don't care if you vote for this president or that. It's fair game. Like, it's your opinion. If you think that's best for your life, then mm. who am I to judge that? Mm -mm. Now, uh, in my recent video, Insadong, and uh, David Mason was the guide. Love David Mason. What a I voice he's got. A big fan. No, but his voice as well. Just the yeah. way he tells stories. The I, it, it pulls you into the story. Yes, yes. I love it. And he talks a lot, which <laughs> yeah. is good for the video. Yeah. <laughs> but we walked into a random Hanok, uh, Hanok building and uh, the, the woman working there or living there, we don't know what it was. She pointed out uh, one of her demonstration uh, banners mm. that she had on the wall mm. was like, get out, Yun mm. And 
I film everything. Like I don't censor myself. It's like, oh, interesting. You have yeah. that? Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And then there was one a member on my channel. He's like, Bart, you should take that out of the video. You make it political. Mm. And I, I'm disappointed in you that you agree with her. Like, what? Wow. Disagree what? What are you talking mm. about? I just show it because it happened. It, it's the chronological order of me filming my life, my daily, yeah. uh, my day, the dong. I'm not going to take that out. Mm. This is part of the reality. And it's it's her life. It's her opinion. If she thinks the president should <laughs> get out like that, then who, be there. who am I to to say something to her? I might yeah. disagree or agree. Um, but I think we, we should still be good friends after disagree to agree, or agree to disagree. Mm. That's the Dutch attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, I mean, this kind of group cacao chat and somebody posted pictures of Yoon Sok Yol in, in Britain meeting like King Charles and all of that going on. And someone was like, get these photos out of here. This is too <laughs> political. I'm like, I didn't post it, but I was just like, wow, some people get very sensitive about politics here. But it's good that they're allowed to be sensitive. Let me... Let me show you this one story with you because I'm not sure how you react to it. And I haven't told anyone this yet, but you're talking about driving around and getting a little bit stressed sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be a little bit stressful. I generally don't feel any stress, but sometimes you want to stick your finger up at someone when they're driving. You're just like, Jesus Christ, like this. And I've done it a couple of times in the years that I've been here. And the people will react by beeping and they'll get very angry with you for doing that. Recently, if somebody's cutting in or they're driving wrong or they're doing something, I'll often wind down my window and just give them like a little finger wave like this, right? Uh -huh. And you know what happens? They stay away from me. <laughs> they don't come like driving up to you or things like that. It's, it's almost like they've realized they've done something wrong. I'm not sure of the psychology of this, but I've learned not to stick my finger up at people, but rather a little condescending <laughs> finger wave. And they just kind of like, I think they get it. I will take this home with me. <laughs> I will take, I'm driving a really small spark, Chevrolet spark. So I'm like almost two meters tall. So I'm sitting like this. I'm bald. So sometimes when cars try to get onto the road, they ignore the, the thick stripe on the road, right? You're not yeah. supposed to go left yet, but they, they're like, screw this and go left. I don't tend to let them in. <laughs> and then they're like honking. And I, and I open my window slowly and I suddenly see this old, like not old, a bold, uh, bold Wagogine sitting in a small spark. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> give it the finger. Give them the finger. Give it, give it the wag next time. And just yeah. see what happens. Just out of curiosity. Yeah. I will. I will use this. Yeah. In the Netherlands, this means something else. Willy. Oh, it's a willy? Yeah. yeah okay. So we did the big one and we have the small one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they think I'm telling them I've got a big willy. I'm coming on to them. And they're like, no, not that guy. Stay away from him and his and he's willy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the on the road, I'm as Dutch as I can be. You know, see, where I'm from, if somebody drives in, in the UK or like in Germany, like people tell you if you're driving wrong, you're meant to like follow the rules and do that. But yeah. over here, it seems like... Not only does everybody do what they want, but you're not meant to tell people when they do something wrong. Like my wife will always say, don't get involved. Don't say something. Yeah. Don't do anything. You're meant to stay back. I have a theory about this. So, you know, and in Korea, all the windows are tainted, right? They're yeah. pretty much black. It's hard to see the person inside the car. It's like everyone's a, a superstar or a celebrity or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Except uh, the, the older... Chevrolet Spark doesn't <laughs> have it, does it? Well, well, I broke my window. So now uh, the, so now the you new do. one, uh, okay. you can see me sitting, <laughs> which is it helps me a lot. Yeah. But um, so, you know, Nunchi, yeah. Koreans, they tend to read each other uh, quite well on the street. Mm. But in the car, that disappeared yeah. because of the windows. Mm. So there's, there's this... Uh, this layer of protection is gone. Mm. Oh no, it's 
there. <laughs> I mean, okay. they have this extra layer of protection because yeah. nobody can see them. Yeah. So uh, they, they break a lot of rules on the road. And, uh, and I, that's why I always drive with my window open. People see me sitting and they're like, oh, no, we're not going to... No, okay, never mind. <laughs> what, what are you listening to in your Chevrolet Spark these days? Um, Other than the Career Deconstructed podcast, obviously, but... <laughs> <laughs> the dark side of soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to music, always music. Yeah, okay. From 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, recent music. I like French House. Oh, I love French House, man. It's very, French very house. vibey. Yeah, yeah, no, French House is my thing. I'm yeah. big into it. Uh, do you know Polo and Pen by any chance? No, I'm not sure. I'm going to show you uh, after, yeah, yeah, after no, the please, show. Yeah. Um, I like some old Korean music. I, li I just listen whatever my mood tells me to listen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great having so much. Like, remember you start, I'm older than you, but like having a CD and you've got like 12 CDs in your car and this and that. Now it's just whatever you want to listen to. You can get it on there. And it's I'm just old, old enough to remember that. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. mom had cassettes even. Yeah. <laughs> French, I, I mean, French house playlists, I love that. It's, it's getting a bit colder and darker now, mm -hmm. but I use a lot of French house when I'm, either when I'm driving or when I'm working because it's just that... Ns, ns, yeah, ns. yeah. It's that four to the floor and you get some Cassius on there or some... some melody lights, here and there. It's, uh, early, not Daft Punk, the techno version, but when they go off and they do their solo stuff and mm -hmm. things like that is really, is really up my street. I do like Daft Punk too, by the way. His... <sighs> Last album with uh, Giorgio uh, Moto Moto. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. That, was, that was great. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Is, is, um, is Hallyu helping you? I just spoke about sort of President Yun Sok. Your people will be turning off because I said his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hallyu's pretty big now. Like outside uh, Buckingham Palace, they were playing Blackpink's do 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 with the Royal Guard on like all the trumpets. And yeah, they're, they're hitting him with the do 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 do. I do like Blackpink though. <laughs> Jenny is bay, man. Oh, yes, Jenny, yes. Jenny, okay, Jenny. We could do another box French on Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Does Hallyu help you or does it hurt Lucky you? Lucky King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. No, um, it's not helping me at all. Okay. I mean, it's helping me in a way that uh, it's an easy bridge for everyone who didn't know Korea at first and right. then they get into K-pop and then, then after that they start learning more about Korea and then they find my channel, hopefully, mm. eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember back in 2014, nobody in the Netherlands knew Korea. They ask questions like, "Where are you in North Korea right now?" Mm. Or you know, mm. <laughs> the stupid questions. Uh, very not ignorant. That long ago, right? It's not that long yeah. ago, and now everyone knows it because mm. we had Squid Game, we have Parasite, uh, Blackpink, BTS. Mm. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm not so. I'm not really into it. I, okay. I listen mm. to it when I think, "Oh, that's a good song," mm. but I'm not. I'm not so fanatic about things. Right, right, right. Other than dongs. <laughs> it's interesting to me that. People really didn't used to know about Korea, but now there's there seems to be so much content that it's hard to like. I didn't know if it made it harder to survive or it drives more things to your channel or something like that. But is there a lot out there? Do, do you do you scout other stuff when you do it? Do you do market research and see what's going on or? Nah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, not <laughs> no, really, I not really. No, I, I, I okay. actually I, I have a K-pop series on my channel. Okay. I made four videos with uh, K-pop fans from different countries, yeah. like Brazil, uh, Germany, uh, Taiwan, and I followed them for two weeks, each person, yeah. just to see why they're so into it. Because to me, that was like the biggest question when I came to Korea. It's like, why are they mm. getting so crazy about a certain mm. group? Mm. And I, I started to appreciate their uh, their involvement, I guess. It means a lot to them. It means a lot to them. Mm. It's it's a lifestyle. It's an identity. It's being part of something. It's a religion. It's a religion. It's a cult, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything, but it's their decision. 
it's their life and it's easy to judge that from the outside because mm -hmm. I, I'm not so into K-pop and I, I don't really know what's going on and, and I don't know what the lyrics, I don't know what they sing about and I know the dark side, I know the positive side. Like, mm. But but yeah, it, it's just their thing. It's I guess the same as when uh, girls were screaming for the Beatles or, or the Rolling Stones or... Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls and One Direction. Yeah, and there's like, nothing really new about it except they're they're Asian boys and they're and they're right. super hot and they're dancing. I guess. What Westerners judge now, some because some people in the Netherlands, for example, judge K-pop. Yeah. Um, but they seem to forget that we had the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> we had the Backstreet Boys live. Um, take that. And and the the quality was. I mean, look at the way they're dancing and singing and everything now. And you you look back at some '90s groups and you're like. You wouldn't debut today looking like that, man. <laughs> like it's the quality's taken up a level, and it seems like Asia's gonna be like the home of the groups. And <sighs> right, they're, they're doing it like that. It's, it's I, almost jealousy, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's jealousy. It's all sort of things. But I think K-pop is a bit like a religion. I think people want they want community, and they want. Um, G.K. Chesterton said that when people stop believing in religion, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. Humans still have a desire to believe in something, to be part of a community, to a uh, to belong and to feel accepted. And I think with this kind of like hyper individualism, I also believe that sometimes a lot of K-pop fans are ones that feel ostracized from their own mainstream communities. They're sometimes yeah. a bit outside of the mainstream and K-pop gives them sort of like a, a home or something. Yeah, yeah. And also like Korea gives people maybe like me or you a home. We come here, I'm not saying we're ostracized, but Korea can be a very welcoming place for people of all different sorts, whether it's a K-pop fan, a Dutch farmer, or a guy from Dover. Mm -hmm. mm. Korea is very welcoming. Yeah, yeah it's it especially welcoming when you're just a traveler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Things that, change a bit when you want to live here, but yeah, still welcoming after that. Yeah, I, I, I still find it. Shall we talk a little bit about North Korea? Yeah, because, sure. Because because you, you've not a how many dongs does Pyongyang have? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm waiting for the day to explore all of Pyongyang's dongs. They're, they're opening back up now. Yeah, news, slowly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not not sure if I should go back though. But so you yeah. need to explain to people that you made some videos. Yeah, uh, and, and tell that story because again, these videos like these are four million views, five million views. These crazy, people. right? Yeah, millions of millions of people. Yeah, I think one has over six million views. That's right. Um, so back in what was it, 2018 December, I did the New Year's Eve tour. Six days to Pyongyang, a few other places, Sariwon, Gaesong, mm -hmm. Nampo, together with my father. And it was this, um, ah, okay, it's time to bond with my father kind of trip. Because <laughs> I realized living in Korea, not one day, you know, my parents are getting older. They're now, uh, my father's 70 now. Okay. So one day, you know, I get, maybe he might be, not be there anymore because one of my father's uh, brothers, he passed away. He was way younger than my father. So it's like, ah. You know, I, I need this trip. Yeah. Whose idea was North Korea? Yours or your father's? It was my idea. <laughs> he um, said yes, though. He said yes, because oh. he, uh, during the Cold War in Europe, he's been a lot to East Berlin uh, okay. and Moscow. Wow. Uh, he was a history teacher. His specialty was uh, Soviet Union. Oh, so he was right on it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, yeah, this is my lane. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do this. And maybe North Korea will change in the future. And then we at least have seen a part of that history. Mm. Um, times were better. The relationship was quite good. It was when Moon Jae-in met Kim Jong at the border and everyone was a little bit uh, euphoric about, you know, <laughs> we're getting back together maybe one day. Yeah. I was like, okay, there, there's less risk in going to North Korea now. So I, I went. Yeah. You mean cold in December? Uh, pr pretty damn cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was minus 20, as I remember. And uh, uh, the Daedonggang River was completely frozen. People were 
fishing through those holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I have never seen the Hun River being frozen all the way. No. So um, yeah, it was really cold. Yeah. Any any were you scared like getting in there to give us that sort of because I I saw bits of it when you're on the train and checking electronic equipment and did you know you were going to go there and video and. I I'm always a little bit naive. I'm, I'm kind of like <laughs> like yeah. I will see what life throws at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not scared. Quickly scared. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I read the stories about Otto Warmbier. Uh, that was quite recent that time. Mm. Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. You know, going through immigration and they check everything. And I I had a lot of memes on my phone of Kim Jong Un. <laughs> you know, my friends keep sending me stuff. You know, Dutch friends. And. Uh, <laughs> As like I had to delete everything, uh, but uh, you never know. Maybe there's something, and then they're yeah. gonna check and they find it, and and they're gonna arrest you. Yeah, but nothing of that happened. Um, they didn't even check. It was all mm. very uh, symbolic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you have, have anything in your bag? No. Okay. Mm. <laughs> like that. Right. So the moment you're in North Korea, it's scary because you don't have your passport. Mm. You feel like no one. Like you know, if something happens, mm. you're screwed. Like. Mm there's not good uh, health care so you don't want to get sick um yeah you have to be a bit careful also you you don't want to walk around spreading uh, the word of jesus or mm. coming um, with stories from south korea and how amazing it is right but you are allowed to show photos from south korea to the guys for example so mm-hmm. there, there is some space to show something of the outside world yeah of course to the guides <laughs> um but everything is pre-planned. There's an itinerary that you choose mm. and you're not allowed to travel by yourself. There's always a guide on top of you, except when you go to the toilet and except when you're in your hotel room. Um, but when you do speak Korean, you can push it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can talk to locals. You can mm. ask questions. Not their opinion on Kim Jong-un, right. but yeah. the food that they eat, what they do in their spare time. Um, like We seem to forget about North Korea that it's still a country with people millions of people that live a life go to the dentist have toothaches go to the toilet sleep make children go to work yeah you know entertain themselves have feelings masturbate masturbate (laughs) yeah i'm sure and probably drugs too here and there yeah 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 (laughs) and 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 we it's easy to forget when you only see the news about how robotic they are how they all collectively follow the leader and how they cry whenever they see kim jong-un and you seem to forget that there are also people trying to survive and sometimes don't even know better about the outside world and yeah maybe that's what i I try to achieve with my videos Mm, mm. instead of only talking about all the controversies and and how the reality is in north korea which of course i mentioned but also just kind of show yeah what you get to see as a tourist which isn't much of but it's something how was the filming aspect of it? I mean, John Everett, the former British ambassador, his title of his book was Only Be- only Beautiful, Please. <laughs> the idea that the guides would always say, only beautiful, please. If yeah. you're going to photo, if you're going to film, only yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. How, how was it for you with that? No, well, <laughs> exactly the same. It's right, okay. Only beautiful. But you're not allowed to film construction works because they are um, the, the soldiers work in construction sites as well. Yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to film soldiers, but yeah, also you're, you're not allowed to film that in other countries. But... Mm. Um, you don't really get to see anything that is not beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. not really an opportunity to film something not beautiful, yeah. even though you want to. Um, but you know that when you go, <laughs> like it, you're not going to push them too much. Right, right. 
But if you open your eyes, you, you see some of the, the real North Korea. You're in the train, for example, from Dandong all the way to Pyongyang. You're hours looking into the countryside. I saw a bit of you and you were going, I slept really well last night so I could stay awake the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, like, exactly. On, That's your only you opportunity. with you. And I had a soju, yes. Yeah. It's in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it was 40%, eh? not the weak stuff they drink here. 40%? 40%. 40%. Yeah, wow. the Pyongyang Jew. Yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's one of the re they're, they're heavy drinkers over there, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're heavy they, drinkers. They get at it. They yeah. drink. I mean, there are a lot of similarities with the South Koreans. Mm. Uh, they like drinks. They like beer. They like soju. They like uh, norebang. Yeah. You know, they like food, mm. the barbecue, and uh, the, the cold noodles. Everyone says they love singing. <laughs> they love singing. <laughs> Just get out. They're like, we'll have a sing. But yeah, it, it's the philosophy, the ide ideology, uh, their religion, yeah. um, a, a police state. Pretty it's, Stalinist. It's very sad mm. in a way, um, but but the so you have no freedom at all as a tourist. Yeah. But what you see is still one part of the reality in North Korea. Yes, it's not all acting and what sometimes you know people say online. It's all fake. Mm. No, not really. They just show you the best. Yeah, but it's it's still real. Like it's their reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a reality too. It, it, it weirds me out because they take a lot of the vlogs down that were filmed by North Korean people. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're going to the water parks and things like this. And of course, they're, they're kind of scripted and they're trying to show you the best, but you still get to see people walking around Pyongyang and you, you know they're not all actors. And the people in the background at the water park and doing this and, you know, my students, uh, in my South Korean students, if I show them pictures of Pyongyang, oh, first I'll show them like the apartments and things like that. And they look at me and go, Where's the farms and the animals? Hmm. And then I'll show them a picture of the subway. And then they're kind of like gripping the arms of the chair. Uh, and then I'll show them a water. And they fall off. And like, <laughs> <laughs> they have this idea that, you know, Pyongyang is just all mud and, and, and carts. And I'm like, how do you think they built nuclear weapons? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> These guys must be, they must be smart. They must be doing something, you know. All the ideologies and things like that aside, they've, they've built a nation from the rubble. Yep. Just a bit like this place has. Mm -hmm. the, the ideologies are completely different and the, there's a lot to condemn about what's going on in North Korea. Um, but they still, they built something from the rubble a bit like this place. Imagine the stories the, the, the old North Koreans could tell you. Oh, yeah. It's you know, like we're talking down here, you get some of them. Yes. Oh. I really want to talk to North Korean war veterans from the Korean War and Ooh. just get their side of the story. Yeah. I can do that still today, talk to the Chinese war veterans. Mm. It's been on the list, but... I don't like. I don't have many hands at the same time. I can't I do you. everything at once. I uh, but I because I filmed a lot of uh, Korean War veterans on my channel, and you did that with the Dutch War veterans. <laughs> the Dutch as War well, veterans, yeah. because yeah. What, what have you learned about the Korean War? The the forgot. Does it have a name in Dutch? Like we Andrew Salmon and people like that. The, the Forgotten War. The same in the Netherlands. The okay. Vergeten Oorlog. Mm. Um, in the Netherlands, people don't really talk about it at all. It's not, we don't have this veteran uh, appreciated culture as they have in America or in South Korea these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They are, the veterans are forgotten more than the war. Mm. It's sad. Yeah, that's really sad. It's sad. And, and it's also, they're a little bit controversial too, because most of the veterans who went to Korea, they just came back from Indonesia, mm. where uh, the, the Netherlands sent the so-called police force, you know, to mm. um, quell down the uprising and, and keep the, the colony and then after that, they, they were war, they had fighting experience and, and they didn't know what to do in their life and they wanted to maybe earn more money or mm. just, you know, they, they signed up for South Korea, uh, for the Korean War. 
and and then I have Indonesian followers on my channel. I say, yeah, they are heroes in Korea, but in in my countries mm. they are mm. not. <laughs> yeah, and you praise them. Wow. So it's always something controversial, but it's sad that they they didn't know any better at that time. They helped liberating or protecting the south side of of Korea, the peninsula, mm. and then they came back and they got a simple thank you. That's it, you know. They they had PTSS. Is that how you say it in PTSD. English? PTSD. Oh, PTSD. Yeah, the PTSS yeah. is the Dutch way of saying it. The yeah. PTSD, and and that didn't exist yet. You know, they were like, oh, they're just crazy, mm. or they just, uh, mm. I don't know, talking bullshit. It's it's. I thought it's never too late. I can still talk to them and give them a stage. Mm. If they mm. want to talk about it, they can. But more importantly, give them some good feelings yeah yeah, <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah. hey uh, thanks to you i can live in korea yeah. i'm married to a, a lovely uh, korean wife now if, if you haven't done what you had done i wouldn't be here now i wouldn't live this beautiful life mm. and i appreciate that mm. and i bring my appreciation uh, together with the appreciation of all my korean followers and that's why i did it like i never received anything for it like they got lots of views that's it but mm. Mm. i really thought for those last 60 veterans that are still alive i tried to talk to as many as possible and many of them died already that I talked to, mums after the interview. Sometimes they just need to be, they need to be seen or they need to be acknowledged, they need to be heard, I think. Uh, there's an Orwell quote, and uh, I'm not sure if it's really him, but people sleep peacefully in their beds because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. Uh, I think that's very true in Korea. You know, we, we do sleep peacefully and, and we don't worry about too much, but there are certain rough men that are standing ready and like whether these guys were in Indonesia and go there it's it's not always the pacifists that are doing this for us there, mm -hmm. there's people that are that do it and because they do it we get the safety yeah, exactly have you yeah. been on any of uh, Andrew Salmon's war tours here he takes you up by like the Indian River and things like this and he explains where everything's what he's really good at it and he does that for the British soldiers for the British veterans oh, okay and he's a, he's, he's a great storyteller do you know what I mean yeah. he acts it all out and he stands up there and he he tells you about the characters and their lives afterwards he, he makes it come alive and it's his job it's not his job but he br he remembers them for the british yeah as well as other people and it's important right yeah yeah it, it it would be amazing to get some of those north koreans to get their stories right <sighs> you, I, i'm pretty sure i can if i go back to north korea and ask them mm. they will allow me to talk to them because they are heroes there too that's it they, they must be yeah yeah did you tell me about the reaction to the North Korean <clears throat> videos? Like, because we just mentioned the big numbers. Did you get any blowback here? Was it like, oh, you, you're promoting a regime or yeah. they're real people? Or, <clears throat> do you know what I mean by like? Yes, um, a lot. Yeah? Uh, yeah, a lot. Mostly from, um, this is interesting, mostly from foreigners. Okay. So not non-Koreans, I mean, because mm. I'm a foreigner myself. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why it mostly comes from that corner. Uh, from Koreans themselves, they, they're usually quite intrigued by it and interested because they say, oh, we, d we didn't really ever look at the image of Pyongyang, for example. They are neighbors. Yeah. They are technically still war, mm. yet they never really took the effort to see, hey, how does North Korea look like these days? And then suddenly there was this YouTuber, Igor Bart, came back. Uh, he subtitled the whole thing to Korean, so Koreans had access to something that he could understand. Yeah. Most YouTubers who went to North Korea, they just, uh, you know, throw it out there in English and mm -hmm. Koreans don't really want to see that. But it, it, there's, so, there's so much more than, oh, uh, you support the regime or not. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, you know, you, you show the reality now in North Korea as, as much as you can. 
you, you keep the the bridge alive because Korea being locked down doesn't help anyone. No. <laughs> and they keep pushing money in, into the uh, you know the, the technology uh, war technology, mm. and there are North Korean refugees who uh, I am I was I am friends with. They just were really want to know mm. something about Pyongyang, just anything. Mm. So they they did appreciate my uh, my trip, um, and also for Koreans, South Koreans, mm. just giving them a little you know little look in, inside. So that side of the border. <laughs> the subtitles are really nice. Just before I ask you about the subtitles, when I speak to um, North Korean defectors, I'm thinking like Park Ji-hyun, who's uh, in England at the moment. She was at the, the big event with King Charles and, and yeah. she, she ran for the conservative office there. And then um, Lee So-hyun in, in Washington, she does this Pyongyang channel. Um, but sometimes I have to check myself when I'm speaking to them because I suddenly become a little bit defensive. I so, and and so what do, if I'm speaking in Korean or English? I suddenly find myself self-censoring or checking myself, and I have to kind of slap myself and no, just be real with them, just be normal with mm -hmm. them, like we're being now. And sometimes I find myself with North Koreans not speaking as I should. Yeah, I don't know if you found that, but uh, I. I I don't want to put them in trouble. I don't want to ask them the wrong things. You uh -huh. know, I want to be respectful, but I don't want to give them a warped perspective of me. I want to speak to them like I speak to you. Yeah, I, I think we should. I, I think we should see them also as North Koreans because it's okay. still okay. their motherland. Oh, yeah, like yeah, some, yeah. Some, they yeah, escaped, yeah. for example, but then people tend to see them not as North Koreans anymore. Right, right. But some of, most of them have family still there. They grew up. They, they kind of miss their hometown, <laughs> you know, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. So it's not yeah. up to us to kind of give them a new uh, identity that Agreed. that's how they should introduce themselves i need to go to journalism ethics school but <laughs> you know you're yeah no, maybe <laughs> but but, but uh, the one you mentioned the channel pyong hatton yeah, yeah yeah i did an interview with him uh, the brother of the sister okay. uh, yeah. with him once because i used to work for anchor news for a short time okay making like mini documentaries yeah so it's not only that i posted these uh vloggy style videos i i Behind the scenes, I've been doing a lot of interviews, uh, mm. supported human rights organizations, did interviews with North Koreans, talk about their escape story. Mm. So I always think I still did more in creating awareness, whether it's mm. through mm. A, a positive story or negative story, than most people who criticize the story. Yeah. And also when it comes to the argument of supporting something, your money goes to something. Mm. From a Western point of view, then a lot of countries are scrapped from from the list of travel destinations mm, mm. you know yeah yeah that um then it becomes really complicated it does if we overthink that yeah yeah you're like it, it's weird that people like us are able to go there but south koreans aren't <laughs> yeah yeah you know, it's just that way it doesn't make sense you it, know? It sh it, they sh should be able to go hopefully one day they can travel oh yeah just that hopefully one day there's just more talk like just talking starts because i found that <laughs> You know, you speak about your grandparents and the war, and the same with mine. My, my, my grandmother was evacuated to Wales. My uh, grandfather served in the RAF, another one in the Navy. Over here, I find they don't talk to their grandparents about the war as much. And, and the Korean War is two to three million people dying, and like the majority civilians. Yeah. This is not like soldiers standing on the front line. This is, it's an incredible number that there's just ripped this country apart and the scar is still there yeah uh, you can feel it we um my children and family were up in a kangwondo a place called wontong mm -hmm. this is above the 38th parallel okay yeah. it's still in south korea obviously yeah. but we're there and, and so we're so close and when you're here in seoul you don't 
you don't think about war too much, do you? No. You get up there and you see helicopters, you see tanks, and you see beautiful countryside, and you realize just how artificial the division is. Mm -hmm. This is not a landmass that divides it. You know, you go up and you could keep going. There's no Grand Canyon or uh -huh. uh, Alps that divides it. it. It's just this man-made division. It's very sad. It's very yeah, sad. It, it is very militarized yeah, well. in the DMZ, you know, ironically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, the worst, it's the best worst name in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fascinating area. I always recommend people coming to Korea, just do the DMZ tour, mm. uh, but preferably get a car and drive along the area. Yeah. Just skip the Imjingak part, or just visit for a couple of hours and then mm. drive up uh, east to Gosong and just get the feel of the area. You see apartments are filled with soldiers. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is just, it's just like a military economy going Barbed on. Barbed wire beaches and things like that. Minefields. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The subtitles you do on your videos, that's pretty badass, man. That, that's that's good. I guess your wife helps you with that. I'm not disrespecting uh, no, you. No, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I, I pay my wife to do so. Oh, wow. Because it's a very time-consuming job. Mm. Uh, first, I do everything to English. Yeah. And then uh, she translates everything to Korean. It takes about four or five hours per video. Yeah. And I pay her per minute. She used to do it voluntarily, but she has her own life. She has her own career. So, oh, that. you know, I'm a running business, so I need to pay people who work yeah. for me now. Yeah. But I, I need to. I, the reason why I speak English in my videos is because I want to reach the global audience. Mm. But somehow I only reach <laughs> the Korean audience. Is 80, that right? Yeah. Every, most is coming from Korea. 87%. 87%. Of my audience is Korean. Wow. I, it's out of my control. Well, mine is, mine's the other way around. I guess because mine's predominantly in English, nothing. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's the subtitles. I think it's where you begin. So I if the first audience is for, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, no. But, but if, let's say, uh, Americans watch your podcast at first, yeah. then the algorithms keep pushing it in, in, toward that direction in that yeah. region of the world. Yeah. I think, in my case, it were Koreans who were starting watching my channel. Mm. And now... It just, it just doubles down on that yeah. geographic thing. Algorithms yeah. are not that smart. They okay. stick to one region in the world. Mm. I sometimes wish I could do it in Dutch. Mm. I feel slightly uncomfortable still because English is my second language. Bravo to you. And um, like it, in, in here, in my mind, everything is so clear <laughs> and I understand everything so well. Yeah. But then the moment I have to explain it in words, yeah. I feel I'm, I'm missing. I get you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not there. And, and, and that frustrates me. Even mm. during this podcast, I, I recall a few things that I said earlier. It's like, oh, I could have said that better or more. Mm careful or with better words but uh, yeah but it will be in english for now with the i've seen you do some stuff in dutch on there yeah, yeah. i think you've done some interviews and you're explaining things uh, and dutch veterans that when they don't speak english yeah yeah that's right uh, i did a few things in dutch but people yeah. don't they're like oh interesting i, I thought you spoke german <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a career I, I mean i don't mean to get too personal on this but um for me, everything that I do, this is just like a learning thing. It's mm. a hobby. I, I pay money for this rather than the other way around. You know, this yeah. this comes out of my pocket so I can learn about career and I can I can meet people like you. Right? Mm -hmm. It's fun for me. Is it a career? Does it work like that? It has become a career. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, I make money. Yeah. It, it's good enough to live. I, I just meant... So it started out as a passion. Mm. I, I do something because I like to do it. Yeah, yeah. And if I can like reach that. people with that... Nice, win-win. Right. And then I learned how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. I learned how to make money with what I do. Mm. And I, sometimes I get those comments, whoa, you know, uh, 
you're living the life. I wish I can travel every day. Mm. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's work. I guess. It's, it's work. I, I make documentaries. I'm not going there to travel around. I, mm. I go one day, scout the area, do my research, uh, make a script scenario, film one day, go back, film again, because I often fail the first time. Mm. And then uh, editing for four or five days, sometimes a week. Uh, do the subtitles. Make sure you can sell it to the people. Have a good title. Have mm. a thumbnail. And then the after management, the comment, uh, people like not notifying you that you did something wrong or something controversial. You have to manage that too. And then, oh, you have to move on already to the next video for the next week. Are you doing one a week? Is it one a week or something? And then, no, no, I used to do that. Yeah. That stressed me out too much. Mm. It's impossible. If I want to keep a certain quality in my videos, mm. I need to give myself the time to, to, to finish it nicely. Mm. Um, either one took me two weeks. Mm. took me two months to film. Jesus. <laughs> two, I mean, two weeks to edit the whole yeah. thing. Wow. Um, um, my wife, when I ask her to do the subtitles, I, I cannot do it like this, right? She, sure. has, she needs to make time for that too. Um, no, it, it takes a lot of time, so you, people have to wait. You have a big team behind you? Your wife does the subtitles. Do you have anyone? Is it just Bart? And it's just me, me, myself and I. <laughs> It's nice sometimes, though, isn't it? You're, you're it in is. Control or do you need to branch out? Do you need some little, uh, some underlings, some interns? Or I, I do get an intern next year. Okay. A, a guy from Germany. He applied. He sent me an email last week. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. I, I can try for two months and see what he can do to help me grow. Wow. Yeah. It's nice when people reach out to you. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just to tell you about, like, when I get messages from like people writing emails for something that I've written the paper or a podcast and I'm like how often do I read something online or listen to it and then once I've finished take the time out of my day to find their per find that person's contact address and then go and say something to them I rarely do that mm -hmm. I should do it more but people do that yeah and it's mind-blowing but it's also it's so very nice I always try to I always reply to them always you know try to give the love on but I realize how good that makes me feel that I should be doing it to other people as well mm -hmm. more than I am right now. Even if it's just, you know, saying, I really enjoyed that. That was really cool. Not to tell someone they did something wrong, uh -huh. but just to do that. And when I get those things and I realize the effect it has on me positively, mm -hmm. I realize that I should be doing it more for others, I think. Yeah. Um, I find how I also realized that last month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same wave. You're ahead yeah. of me. You, <laughs> you had 10 years on me, but. But it's, it's so nice. It, it, I get a lot of emails and... and yeah, uh, mm. it's something humane, human about it. Human interaction, it just feels good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people, t yeah, just taking their time out of the day. Um, we, we haven't spoken about your book yet. I, I want to oh, yeah. hear something. You've written a book in Korea? No, my wife translated <laughs> it. <laughs> she gets half the commission fee. Okay, she got a name on the front? Uh, yeah, she does. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Tell me something about your wife, Bart. I, I, um, is yeah, that too personal? You no, like to no, that? That, I'm Dutch. You can ask me anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> 30, no. <laughs> um, my wife is uh, 157 centimeters. <laughs> so we're, we're like the giant. and It's really fun when you see us together. Yes. She is a very open-minded, kind and sweet and warm-hearted person. Mm. She's an artist. Studied at Hongik Dahakyo. Okay. Um, she does interactive art. She uh, is a What's software designer. What's interactive art part? It, it, it looks something like those lamps here. <laughs> mm. And then it moves. Okay. I and engage it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So her art is installation art. 
uh, but it interacts with the people who come and look at the art. I get you. And uh, usually through VR. Mm. So her art always involves a VR glass as you put it on and then you look into the world that she created. That's um, pretty mad. That must be It is something. Yeah. What kind of worlds does she create? Um, or is she creating uh, at the moment? Now uh, she has something, it's called uh, a fish egg. A fish egg? So through the, uh, through the eyes of a fish egg. So fish is in a, this little small bubble mm -hmm. and then there are many layers mm. and it tries to get out. So that's one of the things. Um, she, she was born... Uh, she was raised really uh, religiously, okay. a Protestant uh, family. Father is a pastor, uh, and she got out of that. Mm. Um, and she realized that we all live in different realities. We are all raised in in our own reality, and we claim that that reality is the reality. And and her reality was uh, Protestantism, um, and then she didn't like it because mm. outside of the realities there were so many other realities, with interesting people, with stories, with religions, philosophies, ideologies, and whatnot. Yes. And now she's like zooming out on that. Mm. She literally read, read all uh, the religious books, for example, just to, to get familiar with the other religions as well. Good, good. And, uh, and she tries to reflect that in her art, that mm. we all live in our own reality. And yeah, I think the message has to be a little bit more chill. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very Dutch. <laughs> it sounds very Dutch. We're, we're all prisoners of our own culture sometimes <laughs> until we escape the shackles. Yeah. Right, right. Something like that. I don't really judge. I only judge when people put their own beliefs on me yeah, yeah. and want me to think a certain way. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I really see the beauty in other people's thoughts, if that makes any sense. I get you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's did my you, wife. Did your wife help you with the, the big painting of Seoul when you fill in the dongs? Or, <laughs> or is that she, she helped me erase it for the first time. <laughs> because I, I, so there are two different dongs. You have the Bob Chung dong yeah. and uh, was it Hang Chung dong, I believe. Okay. So different uh, administrative selections of borders and whatnot. So Hang Chung is a little bit bigger. If you talk about Zhonglo, Mm. Uh, it's a lot of different Bob Chung donks. Okay. But to me, that area was too big. It's like Bob Chung Dong is small, and I know that those small uh, donks have their own stories. Ah. I, I cannot combine that. So there's different ways to measure how many dongs there are. Yeah. In, so you're doing the 467, but there's a smaller number. Yeah. Okay. How, how much smaller? Uh, I don't know, honestly. But, but, but I, I drew the wrong map. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I mixed them both up because I had I, to I use every goo separately yeah. to draw it. And then I, I uh, portrayed it on the wall, drew it, the lines, and then uh, I eventually realized, oh, shit, I, I just drew the wrong map. Mm. I have to do the thing all over again. It took me one week. <laughs> Jeez. So I, I could almost cry like, because I was like ready to start this new project. And then uh, I start like that. Yeah. So I called my wife. Okay, I need your help. Yeah. Can you paint this over with white again? Mm. So I can, and then let's do it again together. Mm. The right map. So that's how she helped. That's, is, is that in your place? Is that in a studio, that map? In my office in Hapchung. In your office. But we're going to give it up because it's too expensive. Okay. Because now we're paying the rent for our home and the rent for our office. Mm. And we figured that if we give up the office, we can move to a bigger place with an office inside our home. Okay. So we're working on that next year. What happens? Is it on a wall you can move? Is no, it no, no, no. Oh. I have to redo the whole oh. thing again. Don't tell anybody that though. Because <sighs> people like originality and authenticity, don't they? But they do like a painful story too. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our plan is to uh, buy a really big plank yep. and then yeah. draw the same thing on the plank so it's become, it becomes a piece of art. Okay. I can put it in my living room as a piece of art because mm -hmm. it's going to be a piece of art. It will, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to worth some money maybe too. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be in the National Folk Museum 
from you're, next month. You're going to be in the National Folk Museum. Yeah, you know that uh, pagoda next to Gyeongbokgung Palace? I, yes. So they're going to uh, display eight of my dong videos. That's fucking fantastic, man. So That's really cool. I really, yeah, I'm yeah. super honored by this because yeah, yeah. I didn't have to edit the videos. It's just the way it is. Mm. As a government institution, they sometimes can be, maybe censor this or blur that. Or that. No, it's just the way it is. Mm. Because they, it's called um, the, the K-Culture Exhibition Beyond... You know, beyond the K or beyond something Beyond the K, like yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be there for four years. Wow. Four years? Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. With, like, it's, I don't know. I'm really happy. What an impact you're having! Like, you're gonna be an honorary member. Of, <laughs> so they're gonna give you like the key to the city. Have your own little, <laughs> you know, <yeah>. running for <laughs> mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. We'll go <clears throat> What's the first law you pass when you're mayor of Seoul? But um, oh, good one. What? I should think about that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 have to talk to old people every day. <laughs> it's ah. something like that. Something for, something for the oldies. Yeah, no. I don't know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, you get, get back, back to, to that later. Yeah. So, your book, yeah, yeah. co-written with your wife, is in the bookstore. Crazy, isn't it? Amazing. Like just so many achievements, genuinely, it's fantastic. You know, someone yeah. told me this once that, um, and I, I really believe it. Sometimes you, you hear stories about people. They might be people you know online, or you know that, or your friends, and they start succeeding and doing something and, and getting good news. And you're meant to feel good for them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes people get this jealousy. Oh, look what they're doing, and you get this kind of pangs of jealousy. I'm at the stage in my life where I genuinely feel excited for other people. Like, that's amazing, man. Well done. Really cool. I, I like success stories. Now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but there's a real big difference, I think, between those two reactions to hearing good news for other people. So you're in the folk music, and now you're in the bookstore. Tell me about the book. Yeah. Um, I, I always wanted to write a book. And a, a trip that had the most impact on my life was North Korea. It, mm. it changed my life forever. It, it put a mark on my YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, I didn't know it then. I, I realized it later, like, hey, I should stick to the, the travel niche mm. and go into documentary style videos. Uh, so somebody just asked me, like, hey, would you wanna, do you want to write a book? It's like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And I, I did so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just, just, that was, yeah, I just wanted to write a book. That's it. How long, how long did it take? It? <laughs> <laughs> Over two years. Yeah. I'm super slow and, and, yeah. and I'm not very literate. Like it's really difficult for me to make nice lines and, and be mm. correct. All the, I don't know. It's just super difficult to write a good story. Mm -hmm. I don't know actually what to say. About Are it. you a visual person generally more? Do you go that way? Is that why? Not really. Okay. It, it, it's very, so this book is very chronological. Um, I filmed every minute of my trip. Mm. So I could go back to my videos, look at the videos again, and, and kind of describe what I've experienced and then remember my feelings and all of that. And I put that right on paper. And I know um, I, couldn't like, I couldn't be myself that much in the videos as I, as I could in the book. Mm. Because in the videos, you just see me uh, showing things. But there was so much more, the story about the relationship with my father, mm. uh, how I spent my first years in, in Korea, how I started out YouTube channel, my insecurities. And I just wanted to add that context to this North Korea trip. And the book was a good outlet. Yeah. But never did I know or expect that somebody wants to publish it. And yeah, somebody wanted to publish it. Brilliant. And now it's in bookstores, it's online. I think we're, they're printing the second edition now. Woo! Second print? Yes. Meaning it's sold out. Yes. 
I think they printed a thousand one hundred books, which is a lot, mm. especially for a beginner writer. Yes, I do have a, a following on social media, so I'm not sure if that's unfair. It's not unfair. <laughs> you weren't that. That's not unfair. Uh, You're allowed to. Do. But, You're meant but to use that, yeah. I, I, I'm a humble guy. I, I don't huh? like. I do enjoy being in the spotlight, but I don't like the attention that much at the same time. Mm -mm. I don't want to be praised for anything. Just let me make dong videos. <laughs> You're going to be making dong videos for, for a long time. For a long time. <laughs> time. <laughs> no, yeah. In Korea, once you get you know a, a little bit more famous or popular on mm. social media, then media wants you in the show and mm. everyone wants you a, a bit of you. And, and then I realized that stressed me out too. Mm. So from now on, I say pretty much no to a lot of things mm. if it's not related to the dongs or yeah. just me because in korea you quickly become an entertainer yeah if you don't if you're not careful yeah. and yeah. they're going to use you literally use you they want you to say certain things you're, you're not going to be able to give your own opinion or be honest i i didn't want to be in that world agreed so i pulled myself out um i did my neighbor charles i did hangul putake a few other tv shows and i was like this does, this really makes me unhappy. Mm. You know, dongs, making dong videos makes me happy and anything that relates to that makes me happy. All the other things are distractions. Mm. You know, I don't want to do it for the money. Mm. I don't want to be a puppet. You know, be like anyone else already is in Korea. I yeah. just want to be myself and that seems to work out pretty well. And I, I feel that people want more of that. People who are just real. <laughs> Tell me about the the people that are following, or tell me about the people that are. Do they have a name? Are they like Blinks, or are they Army, <laughs> or are they Barters, Bartlets? <laughs> Bartlets. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, well, can you give us some insight because you must have got some nice message, or you know, how does that work? I I used to say bold power. <laughs> that was a thing. I like to say how do, at the end of the at the end of every of my video, I say how do, which is um, uh, southern dialect in Dutch, okay. the way we say bye. Right. Um, if you become a member of my channel, let me. Uh, so you, you give small amounts of money every month. Yeah. You get an emoji above or next to your name. So if you write a comment underneath my video, everybody can see, oh, he's been a member for so long. Okay. But that emoji starts with a lot of hair. <laughs> and then the longer you are a member, <laughs> the less hair that emoji uh, gets. So you become bold. You're bolding with me. That's the <laughs> philosophy behind it. I, I, yeah, I, I know how much Koreans like to make fun of, of balding people. So I just, I just play the game. Just be bold. I think you've gone past balding just to bald. <laughs> just to bald. <laughs> yeah, it's just the final destination. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I love the self-deprecation though. That's really good. Um, I'm just jumping topic a little bit, but mm -hmm. how's your dad? Good. Yeah. He's getting a bit older. Yeah. Um, he, he is the youngest now of uh, 10 brothers and sisters. Whoa! Yeah, so you can imagine You're real Dutch farmers, ten brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, uh, southerners. Yeah. Um, so my grandmother passed away. It was like t almost twenty years ago, and then she wa was already ninety-seven years old. Mm. So she would have been over one hundred, far over one hundred. And her grandmother probably had seen Napoleon. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I do care more about my family in the Netherlands yeah. than I ever did before. Yeah. Uh, my mom just had a surgery and she's trying to stay in touch every week because mm. I do have really great friends in Korea, mm. but I, I love to stay in touch with all my friends in the Netherlands because those are my childhood friends. They are my backbone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, if everything goes wrong here, then I, I need them. Yeah. Uh, so it's very important to keep the relationship warm. Uh, and I miss the Netherlands 
the people that I knew in the Netherlands. What you miss? What is it? Just people? Just, mostly just the people, mm. not the country itself. I'm, I kind of I don't really care about nationality of country. I don't, I don't mm. feel that bonded to my own uh, national borders. But the people, yes, mm. yeah, they made me who I am. I still very very close with them. So yeah, no, it's the people. And it's home, isn't it? It's home. There's, I, I haven't explored this concept fully yet, but I heard uh, Roger Scruton, he's, he's a British philosopher. I don't mean he's passed away now, but he really went deep into the concept of home. And I thought that's fascinating. This may be related to your dong. I'm just thinking about it now, but it sounds so trivial. It sounds so meaningless. You know, everyone has a home, but home, it kind of reaffirms who we are. It gives us that sense of, origin or security or warmth it's people need homes we need wherever we might be and our homes might change but we need some place to call home yeah i think it's really important that we have that kind of home um just maybe bringing this towards the end but can you can you say something about mental health Hmm. because as i i watched a bit of your work and i was reading about it and just listening to you talk um the way you go through some of the topics, you know, from the the couples to the, the North Korea and this one and who are you and the criticisms and get away from it all. Like, how you manage mental health okay? You doing all right with it? Better than ever before. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to the gym three times a week. That really helps, doesn't it? It really helps yeah. doing access. I used to go uh, a bike around the city, but that's a lonely sport. You're always by yourself. You can join groups, but... I'm not a group person. I'm quite introverted. I like to be uh, by myself. Yeah. Uh, but I can be active at the same time. So now I'm going uh, with my best friends here in Korea. I go to the gym three mm. times a week. That really helps. I don't um, care about comments anymore. No matter what you do, there's always someone you will offend. <laughs> uh, it's impossible to keep everyone happy. So yeah. stay true to yourself. Mm. And then the people who like you will come to you. Mm. It's like a magnet. Just be your own magnet. I think that's one thing. Um, if you have a wife, a girlfriend mm. or friends, just spend time with them. Make time for that. Mm. Work is not everything. Mm. Uh, I l I'm learning that still, but my my really uh, happiest moments in life are when I have a soju, a beer, a nogari with my wife mm -hmm. in the cheapest, dirtiest place you can imagine. That's where when we are both the happiest people on earth. Yeah. And we don't look at our phones. Nice. We don't even have to make the rule. We just have a good time. We talk about whatever you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what I need. Mm. Yeah. That's, I guess, my home. Just um, that. That sounds nice because you don't need a lot of money to do that. You don't need something. You just need time. You need, uh, you need the effort. You need the, the partner, the person. You need yourself and you need that connection with someone. I've experienced both. I, I had a really uh, a financially hard time in Korea for a long time, mm. and that depressed me. Um, <laughs> my wife at the same time too, so we were both in the, in the shit. Yeah. And then now I, I am financially better, a lot better. Mm. Um, my channel goes a lot better because I have a sustainable project. The problem with before was I never knew what to make next because mm. North Korea, it's very omnibus. Everything was like, Okay, now I did this. So what I'm going to make next that people will like? Mm. No, and now I have the project that people like. Yeah. And I only have to choose a neighborhood. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah. It feels really good. So I don't that, that whole stress from the YouTube is gone. I, I just erased it. But it took me four or five years to learn how to erase that. Right. So um, 
for whoever wants to do YouTube, I guess, don't think you're escaping a nine to five mentality because mm. it's going to be a million times worse. <laughs> Because you're you're freelance, you're a freelancer. You have to do everything by yourself. Yeah. No one's gonna tell you to wake up and do this and that. Uh, you quota and then you're done. No, you do that by yourself. What's the hardest thing about it that people don't see? What's the hardest thing about? I mean, we talked about your successes being in the in the folk village in the bookstores. Is there something that's going on that people don't see that's like, no, this is hard graft. That this is the the thing that you don't realize that goes on. I think most people don't take it serious yet. Mm, which part that youtube is a serious career okay mm. i feel like um yeah. when i started out nobody took it serious now mm. more people do so uh but they still think you kind of do it for fun but there goes so much work into mm. bringing or giving something uh free to the people it's free entertainment mm. and i and then these days people say oh you there's another youtuber on the street and then I think, yeah, but you also used to watch TV, right? Like, how, how do you think those productions are made? There, yeah. there, there had to be a cameraman and a, and a host and whatnot on the street, sometimes in the studio. Yeah. YouTubers do the same thing, but they are individuals, uh, independent, and, and they just work 10 times harder because they have to do all the light, the sound, mm. the camera, the scenario, everything by themselves. And people don't seem to realize that there's this whole iceberg mm -hmm. <laughs> underneath the water. Mm -hmm. And and you, I don't want to sit down and explain people that that's going on because, yeah, but I, I wish they sometimes just can feel a little bit uh, the pain that we have to go through to <laughs> to get that video <laughs> over there. The soda and the beer makes the pain go away, though, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. It does. It <laughs> <laughs> no, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I I stopped drinking for some time. Yeah, Mondays to Fridays, but then I I also realized now nah, I sometimes just need that one glass of soju in the yeah. evening after a long working day been one of my cruxes for a long time. I, I think I did six months for a while. And sometimes for me, one beer is too many and 10 is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I you know what I mean by yeah. that. Sometimes when you do like application, not application forms, but like maybe a visa or uh, an immigration card and it says name. What, what, can you tell me your full name? Um, Bart Hendrina Maria van Genuchten. Nice. Yeah. And when it says occupation, do you put YouTuber? Filmmaker. Filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. That. No. No. Okay, I had yeah. to think about filmmaker or content creator. Content creator. Yeah. People always give me the title influencer. Yeah. I don't like it because it's it's too much an umbrella term. It every includes everything: TikTokers, Instagrammers. That mm. includes models. It includes people who just only show food and. Uh, nah. You're a bit different from that. I, I feel a bit different from that. Yeah. 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 So no offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, no offense because it's their own thing. Yeah. But I don't want to be put on on the, on the same mountain you know mm. i i don't uh, i'm not a puppet of anyone i'm really an independent guy who makes what he thinks is good and i love that you do it all by yourself though i was quite surprised <laughs> uh, you you have the help and you have the guides uh, and the wife the subtitles but like it's not a big mr beast production or something like this with a whole team it, it, it's you like, it's just me yeah yes yeah. and it's still scary i have social anxiety yeah. filming on the street is something very uncomfortable Mm. imagine a busy Gangnam Street and then you walk out of the station and, and there you go camera points at your face <laughs> and you start talking to the camera yeah an imaginable audience yeah and then you have to say something sense like that makes sense right like not only oh nice build like you have like it's weird and people stare at you you yeah. can feel that it's worse than public presentations mm. or public speech 
you're getting better at it though, right? You, you, you notice the trend, you're spending longer on them. I'm getting better, but... What, what, what yeah. happens next to make them better? What's the next step you're trying to take in the, the content you create, the documentaries? What would make the, the Dong series elevate a level? Is there something that you can see that would Ooh, push it? It's... So, um, I can't do it in every video, but I try to go a little bit deeper. So mm -hmm. you can walk around and show places, uh, buildings and whatnot, but you can also go into someone's life Mm. that would represent something in that neighborhood. Let's say there's a cult in one of the neighborhoods. Mm. I want to go into that cult. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Th That's what I want to make it better, deeper. It's difficult though. Mm. That takes more time again, takes more uh, organization. You need to build trust. You cannot just walk in. Mm. It's like, hey, show me uh, you know, what a cult is like. Uh, that is one. Maybe hire a few people who can do some of the research for me because mm. you know, reduce the workload. But other than that, I, I think just the way it is now, there are, what is it, 310 odd remaining? No, 400, uh, oh, four, 417. 417. Yeah. I wish you well, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Bart. <laughs> I'm relaxed. Yeah, it was a little bit all over the place. That's what it always is. It always is. Yeah. It would be, yeah. I wish I had a beer. I kept looking at yours going, oh, you should have told me. I, <laughs> I got three more. Yeah, I've got the car. Yeah. That's a sneaky price uh, trick they do in the convenience store, What right? are they doing now? So it's a month each one. So 12,000 won for four cans. But if you buy just one can, it's 4,500. So if you if you just want to drink two beers, you're yeah. almost at uh, 10,000. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You might as well buy four. You might as well buy four. You might as well. Man, when I, it, like the, the four beers for man, what the Nega man one or this is just... I was here when you couldn't buy foreign beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would buy that. Now you can get like Lefe Blonde. One of my favorite beers is Lefe Blonde. I, I, I love Lefe Blonde. You a Lefe Blonde? Uh, one of my favorites too. I love Belgian beers. One one time we need to listen to some French house and drink some Lefe Blonde. We, we, we need we to should. make a different plan because we got some things in. What was the other thing we liked? Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean we got some I, little yeah. things there. Jenny. Lefe Blonde, French and, house, and, 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 I, and Jenny. Yeah, <laughs> but. That's quite a weird one. Yeah. Not many people will have that. You, you know how, how much I think about details sometimes? When I was in the convenience store, I looked at the older beers yeah. and they were, I, I prefer Japanese beers like Asahi and Kiri. <laughs> it's like, like, no, we're going to film this <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> on my channel, people would notice and say, hey, Bart, why are you drinking Japanese beer? Yeah, fuck. Like those people exist. Asahi supporter is nice. So I'm like, I buy the neutral just Dutch beer, you know, because yeah. yeah. I'm drinking my own beer. Yeah. But I wanted to buy, so that's how much people get into your head. It's crazy, right? I don't mind the big Xing Tao bottles as well for five, but you get those ones and yeah, I didn't beer. realize that that would be. Yeah, it yeah. can be a thing. That's, that's actually, that's how, yeah, no, uh, that has changed me in a way. Mm. I'm more careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe it's good to be careful, maybe to have that sensibility, to have that respect, you know, I don't know. I respect Korea a lot. Mm, mm. I, I like a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. The good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. People sometimes tell me, Bart, stop fucking complaining. It's like, no, I'm just, no, I would complain in the Netherlands too, you know? I complain mm. everywhere. I'm just a complainer. Yeah, yeah. I have so much fucking respect to this country and what they've <laughs> done. Like, I, I, I think it's incredible. And I think people only realize once you know the history, once you know how poor this place was, once you know how the women were covered like head to toe, like like Muslims women, they would wear the tangot <laughs> and things like that and yeah. be confined and... Uh, you know, just how they had no food to eat. They didn't eat meat. Yeah. Once you know all this, then you're like, oh, fuck, it makes... I can understand this a bit different now. If you come here and you just compare it to France, 
it's, it's so fucking wrong, man. It's so wrong. wrong. Maybe there's a last thing I want to say then yeah, to, to finish this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wish and hope for Korea and maybe the government or the people to have more faith in the people who come to Korea yeah. to see, to, to have faith in them seeing the beauty of Korea. Mm. And I want them to control that outer, like the narrative they push out a little bit less. Mm. You know, they really want to control the image that other people have of Korea. Mm. Just people will see the, the, the beauty in Korea. They will appreciate it the way I do. You know why they do that, though? Do you have a... a I mean, I, what I would suggest... Go on, go on. Uh, Yeah, I, I think yeah. historically speaking, Korean has always been sandwiched in between uh, the other bigger powers, Japan, mm. China, um, Russia, and America later. And they've always been... Like, other, other people always try to control korea mm. and now they, they i feel like they want to be in control that that would be my explanation yeah i 100 agree and i think you mentioned it earlier that when 2014 or something like that if you're in the netherlands and you say i'm going to korea people will say north korea yeah that used to be the most famous korea yeah i i gave a lecture at the university of utah and uh songdo campus up in incheon right and this was last year and somebody uh, <laughs> Literally, I'm not joking, but like blue and red hair, nose ring, things like this. The most uh, stereotypical progressive American student you could imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, after a, a, an hour lecture, I get put the hand up. Uh, got a question. How do Korean names work? I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, okay, please explain. And they were like, they're back to front. Or how do Korean names work? And I'm like, okay, sorry, I understand you now. Well, give me an example of a, a Korean name and I'll, and I'll explain it to you. And I thought they were going to know members of BTS or IE or something that's Son Ung Min. Yeah. And they went, I don't know any Korean people. And I went, oh, okay, don't worry. Uh, so let's take Son Ung Min. And they went, oh, no, I've got one. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that, that's not bad for them. It was just like, I think Korea is always struggling, been struggling with this, like, hey, man, we're here. Please pay attention to us. Like, yeah. fucking, we're all right. We're doing okay. And the, the world is always been focused on North Korea. And now they have momentum. Yeah, now they, and so use it. And they're going to get it wrong because it's loads of fucking Ajoshis in charge of the Ministry <laughs> of Value. And people, 60-year-olds in business suits don't know what's cool. It's part of the charm, I guess. Yeah. Well, but the, So when I go back to the Netherlands, this is what I literally hate about going back to the Netherlands. People throw negative stereotypes about Korea at me first. Mm. And then I have to defend Korea yes. and then explain how it works instead of them asking a question of how it works yeah. so I can immediately just explain it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I have to deal with a negative stereotype. What's a negative they, stereotype that goes? Okay, well, um, uh, people just do whatever is told to them. That's one of them that mm. I hear often. Like uh, very, um, uh, how do you call that? Obedient. Obedient, like that. yeah, mm. that's one of them. Uh, robotic in the K-pop scene. Mm. Like It's like they force into it. Not It's not... Mm free will mm. um everyone eats dog meat is still one that i hear quite often mm. um a lot to say about that one too by the way but you know with that obedient one like yeah. when you look at the, the the death toll during covid very few people died mm -hmm. here in south korea if you compare it to the uk and things like this the death tolls were I'm not sure what it was like in the netherlands but they were miles apart and of course one death is too many. Yeah. But South Korea did really well in controlling that. And they had no lockdown. <laughs> yes, they right. They had no lockdown, right? Yeah. And and people would tell me, yeah, it's because they're all obedient. Yeah. And I'm like, 
do you know how much these people protest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what they do to yeah. their fucking presidents? Yeah. They're, they're not obedient. They're just, it's different. It's not obedience. It's it's very complicated. It is, but it's not it's not straight up obedience. And, and that's why I don't like to hear that. Mm. And, and, and so this is funny because they, there's a really good case of how well a country can deal with a pandemic. Mm. And then still the, the most Westerners turn it into something negative. I'm like, Instead of crediting them or mm. give them credits for what they've done, yeah. no, you have to throw something negative at it because you're jealous or you want to keep this uh, look down on, on a different culture, mm. uh, Asian culture. Mm. So, yeah, uh, in a way uh, that, that makes me uncomfortable going back to the Netherlands because I have to deal with that a lot. Yeah, no, I get it as well. Mm. And I think it's parts of Europe are still in a way where they see the world, Europeans see the world where this is the civilization, this is the apex, and everyone else, they, they must be doing something wrong. They've mm -hmm. got to catch up to us without realizing that there can be lessons, that there can be values, and that world orders, and uh, these always change. Yeah. And so I think they're always looking, people often look down on Korea without realizing, maybe there's something we can learn from these people. Maybe there's something over there that they're doing right because the trains run on time and the 91-year-old granddads do exercise in the parks, yeah. right? <laughs> you, you see old people out here, man, exercising. Yeah. And the exercise equipment is not covered in graffiti with needles around it. Oh, yes. Yeah. The the hoodie gang or so, we call them chavs. I forgot what you call them. I forgot. Is uh, the... the uh, uh, hang lai. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not here. And, and I I run, so I don't go to the gym, but I run. And I was I was running by the river and I saw at 6.30 a.m. two workers and they were changing the inside cogs on one of those things. Mm -hmm. They were refurbishing it because they know that old people go out there and use this stuff. Yeah. This stuff works, man. Yeah, and I, and I love it. Yeah, uh. yeah. My, my favorite one is my son. And this is a really quick story. He broke his little finger playing Hapkido. Okay. Doing that and I was like, wow, what do we do? So we go and pick him up. We take him to the hospital, see the doctor, get an x-ray, go back to the doctor, put the cast on. It took 30 minutes. It cost us 3,001. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. and tell the British Health Service that, is it? Yeah. Yeah, there must be something wrong there. No, there's not something wrong. It's good. Very quickly, try to keep this up. Um, I have trouble keeping it up. <laughs> this is the dong talk. Uh, tell me about dog me. I thought we were finished, oh, but you yeah, said you got something about dog me because yeah. the current president's wife is all about that and they're trying to do it all political. Who's going to break it first? This is interesting because I saw a news article saying um, that, okay, Korea is going to ban dog meat. Was it in 2027? Something like that. 2027? Uh, yeah, I've, so in the, in, yeah. The, in the future. And I see all those comments and of course uh, the white Westerner has something to say about this. Mm. Why not now? Mm. Um, but people seem to forget the, the cultural... Uh, history of eating dog meat like why do people eat dog meat there, mm. there's so much more and first of all not everyone eats dog I think a lot of people don't <laughs> yeah. but if you approach this discussion with an open mind and you will learn that a lot of Koreans have tried it when they were young yep. Bo Xing Tang sometimes um, they were tricked into it they were told it was chicken or something yeah yeah. But, but they did yeah, and uh, yeah. it, it just it has its own story why people eat dog meat the same as in the west we did eat that too I believe until mm -hmm. a certain uh, time or decade but also it has a medical effect, mm -hmm. right? Like there's more, there's, there's a lot more to it than... Give you stamina. Koreans will say that stamina. about most things. <laughs> like if you eat this, it will give you stamina. Yeah, you, there's a reason why you find Boshington restaurants next to, um, to the those, uh, funeral um, buildings. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what is it? What's it called? Where you hold these uh, goodbye... Uh, 
Coffee tables, we call them in the Netherlands. A goodbye, co- like just a funeral parlor, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that? So like both, there are some, st- I don't know the exact story, but uh, yeah, I think the double weird double standards, some people. It might be the case that uh, today we eat like, I, I'm not, are you a vegetarian? No. Okay. No. It, I mean, we think nothing about going for chicken or steak or something like this. Might be the case that in 50, 60 years, people look back on us and go, what the fuck were these guys doing? Yeah. You know, killing these livestock animals because they've developed a new way or a div- it doesn't seem wrong now. And I think for people eating dog, it, it might not seem wrong to them, just like we eat chicken and steak and beef. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Have you been to a, a dog place on your dong? No. Um, I've seen many. Mm. And Jonglo and Jaggy Dong, mm. like a lot. Mm. And I've, I've oh, in Daddy Dong, I saw um, two Ajumas were <laughs> cutting the pounds of the dogs. Like there were, there was a whole mountain of pounds. Oh wow! wow I've never wow. seen anything like that. Wow! Usually that happens in the back. This time mm. it was in the street. Mm. I see it. I, I don't eat dog meat. I don't want to try it necessarily. Um, I, but I also don't really have an opinion about it. It, it, it. Just give Korea also time to catch up mm. on other people's standards this country has come out of the dirt since uh, only 10 years you know mm. and and they're catching up really fast with a lot of things but just give them time you know give them time to breathe as well they've only been traveling abroad since 1989 yes my people my students don't get that i'm like do you know why your parents went to jeju on a honeymoon and they're like well because it's the hawaii of korea it's like no it's because you weren't allowed to go abroad and so going to jeju felt like an international trip you got to go on a plane and and things like this so not only have they only sort of been in general korean people been access to the outside world for 30 odd years i feel like they might solve a lot of these problems quicker than the west did Mm -hmm. it might be later in linear time Right, but the West didn't suddenly sort out feminism in ten years, or or, or gay rights, or something emancipation. Like this. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? This 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 thing took time. We were putting Oscar Wilde in jail and things like that. Um, yeah. And South Korea it might be behind on a linear fashion, but it might sort it all out quicker, and it might sort it all out in a way that lasts longer. I, I was speaking. I had American students in my class today, and and they were saying about how. You know, abortions been made illegal in various states and LGBT rights and it's going backwards and so they really feel that and it, we might get to the future where Korea's done it in a certain way because in Korea they have this thing called Shigi Sangjo. Do you know Shigi Sangjo? No. Shigi Sangjo means we'll do it when there's national consensus. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like past gay marriage now and like the majority of the country probably wouldn't agree with it, right? So it's not going to happen. And so it's not going to happen. And you're like, but what about the oppressed people here? That's not fair. And so you could push it through, but then you might make the majority of people angry and what they're going to react to. So they have this concept of like, we'll do it when there's national consensus. Yeah. You see it in the CCTV. It's there because people are consent with this. Yeah. Most people, or you see it in wearing the mask. People agreed, let's make this a law. You know, you, you, it's not that uh, even though a few disagree, most people agree. That's why it happens. Yeah. And yeah. it works. And it works. And, and it's that the majority of the people choose that. And that's what they do. Yeah. It's, it's not fair to everyone. But I wonder what the, the long-term implications of doing these things might be more. It might stick a bit better. I don't know. Yeah. We, we'll find out when you finish your dog video. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all have our own timeline. I always say this to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some people become president when they're 65. Yeah. Others become president when they're 40. Yeah. Like each their own timeline. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I I go with that. Yeah. The Korean expression is "degi mansong." Degi mansong is uh, something like 
uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so Tegi Mansong is used for someone, I don't know, maybe like me, I use it when I wind up the Ajoshis that because I'm older, but I'm doing well now. Mm -hmm. Like my Korean slowly, I didn't learn Korean when I was 24. I didn't get my PhD when I was in my late 20s. I did these things later in life. And so Tegi Mansong, some things take time. Yeah. And people need to tell that to themselves because <laughs> the pressure is high. Pressure is high. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Nice. There's some there's some band going on. Eh?